Welcome to New Jump City, everybody, where we recap the week in American and Japanese sequential arts. We are back on the YouTubes uh, and on all that stuff. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, super excited to be here. Uh, we have a uh, we have a big show this week. I'm very excited to be back on on the YouTubes. Uh, I'm going to introduce our co-host now. I, uh, joining me through Discord is my co-host. My partner in crime, the greatest of all time. It is Joshua Gangsta Time Cole. Well, it's called partner, but it's called Gangsta Time. Yep. <laughs> and joining me through Discord, finally showing his face after being literally a phantom on our podcast for the last episode and a half. It is Edge Lord Big News Brian. What's up, nerds? Hello. Uh, yeah, we gotta let's get into plugs really fast. You can find me at the Chris Espinal on Twitter and Instagram. Joshua Cole, where can they find you? At JD Cole underscore 37. Private. <laughs> uh, how about you, Brian? Where can they find you? You can find me at B.ESP on both Instagram and Twitter. And also, you can find me at It's Punchline on Twitch if you ever follow me whenever i'm streaming yeah uh all those links will be in the description but uh you could also follow our theme song guy uh drum foo at drum underscore foo uh he's awesome uh follow the show itself at new jump city on twitter and instagram also if you have any questions suggestions anything you guys want to talk to us about email us in the comments below um that would be super cool or, or email us at new jump city pod at gmail.com and also comment below um and if you're watching on YouTube, we have a bunch of episodes that are audio only that uh, you can find on our Spotify or iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there. Uh, if you're listening to audio, uh, we'll have our YouTube reestablished uh, in the description so you can click on that. Find our new channel and hopefully we don't get taken down this time. We've taken uh, some precautionary measures to make sure that doesn't happen. Uh, from now on, we may be a little... We may not. Sh we're not gonna show like uh, stuff like the manga panels, for example. We obviously we were taken down by Shueisha. They they're pretty stringent on their copyright laws. So uh, from here on out, it's just kind of gonna be us. Uh, I hope I hope you guys would stick around because uh, our personalities are so sterling, and that's all we really needed. But um, we're we're here for you guys, and uh, it's it's gonna be the same show, just not a lot of visual aids. I think we'd still be able to do it for like the Marvel and DC comics. But um, as far as that's concerned, until we find another solution, or if you're a lawyer listening out there, want to take our case pro bono, that would be super cool. But uh, until then, uh, yeah, we're let's get the show on the road. I've been so excited for this. Um, it is time to randomize. I hope he turns his sword into some gu -gu 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 guns. Dr. Stone. This is Dr. Stone, chapter 167, Different Strokes. Uh, last we left off, Tsukishima, I think Tsukasa is his name. Sorry, I think I called him Tsukishima last time. Um, <laughs> but Tsukasa just like blasts into Dr. Zeno's lab and uh, has his like weird metal Final Fantasy VII sword right up to his head. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, ah! <laughs> but uh, yeah. Dr. Right Zeno, to his chest. right to his chest. It's like, yeah, we got you. And uh, he's like, how did you get here? Oh, yes. 
a tunnel and then he just kind of figures out they dug their way through a tunnel uh there we they like do they add like wooden they they had the time to add like wooden supports to this tunnel as well as like dig through all that dirt in like what 25 minutes uh these are 14 year old children by the way uh and chrome emerges directly underneath a cow that speaks apparently there's a little speech bubble that says uh moo you trying to you trying to milk me (laughs) (laughs) that was really random i really (laughs) i'm I'm for it though yeah for it that was uh that was one of my favorite panels of the week already (laughs) i was just like best best panel this cow is my favorite character in dr stone by the way um yeah (laughs) the cow never talks again by the way it just says that and moves on with its life um so yeah, essentially, like uh, they they show the whole infiltration plan. Uh, they distract the guards, like each team, and then that's how they got in and managed to get Zeno's whole like spear up in his face. Um, but yeah, th- their plan is essentially to light this massive bomb and use the uh, the shockwave from that bomb to propel Zeno and Chrome forward to uh, to like out of the out of the uh, the lab so they could just escape scot-free, you know, like, as fast as possible. Uh, Chrome, like, lights it pretty early, and they and he causes a cave-in in the tunnel between him and Zeno. Uh, yeah, the, the, the earth fell on the other side, which I... <laughs> I, don't, I don't really get the physics of it, so hey. I'm not, I'm not going to hey. give him hell. That we're just gonna say that was unfortunate. Yeah, it was a it was a sad thing. Scientifically unfortunate. Very much so. So it's just Zeno and Chrome stuck together in this cave, uh, and both sides are trying to dig at each other to get through. Um, and uh, they they get to know each other a little bit. Uh, Chrome fashions a shovel out of one of the wooden support beams and starts trying to dig, and uh, Chrome is like, "You should join me." And, and ruling the world using science back in the 21st century, uh, politi- ethics, morals, politics. Those idiots stood by by stood by such worthless concepts and prevented human barely. Bar- yeah, I mean, we weren't great. We weren't in their great. universe, I guess. So shit was Honestly, really nice. If anything, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> not here. That's, that's not based. That this is a for sure fictional tale, not based on our society. Yes. Yeah, Morals, morals are definitely not getting in the way of science here. Uh, definitely not. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's just like, join me, and we can be the science. We can finally rule over humanity with our big brains. And um, Chrome has this cool shonen moment, two-page spread, where he's like, you know, I don't really like power either. I like being smart as well. But you know what? I'm not gonna judge nobody who wants physical power. Uh, you know. And then he manages Where to. That? He manages so to room for everybody. Yeah. yeah, he manages to link up with um, Taiju on the other side, and they get free. And the chapter ends with Chrome yelling into their uh, makeshift cell phone that uh, the target was acquired, and Zeno is now in hand. Uh, pretty fun chapter. I had a good time. Man, they should have called this chapter Checkmate. What was the name of it? Um, I didn't see what it was. Initially. It wasn't Checkmate. I'll tell you that much. But it is now. <laughs> The chapter is called Checkmate. Like, going into it, it wasn't, but at the end... For sure it is now. Unanimously. 
Um, cool, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm that not against it. was really interesting this week. Yeah. I like I like that Chrome. You know, was was very reliable. He he put his put the team on his back. Yeah, Chrome's had uh, a lot of like character development. He's essentially like the secondary main character, even though it was supposed to be Taiju. Um, but yeah, fun chapter. Had a good time reading it. I'm ready to move on, guys. Mm-hmm. Then it is time to randomize. Hmm. Batman Joker War Zone. Um, oh, I mean, yeah, it was. So we are covering it. Yeah, it's on the list. We we debated it back. It's all right. Well, we can make this brief. I would have downloaded it on the iPad. Let me do that real quick. <laughs> but yeah. Okay, so there As are. You were saying. There are two really. There are only two real important things established mm-hmm. in this that are like actual hints to the future of what this Batman run's going to be after the Joker War. Uh, the very first one is about Bane. Essentially, we haven't seen him since the the Bane, the City of Bane event where Tom King ended his run. He basically took over the city for like a couple months and ran that shit, and then Batman stopped him. Um, but uh, during the Joker War, apparently the Joker finds time to come and visit Bane and just like troll him for a hot. Oh man. Yeah, he comes in and yeah. he's like, yo, buddy, I got your mask. And he puts his mask on for him. Uh, he's really just taunting him. Uh, but then he starts to get serious as to why he's actually there. And uh, he actually is genuinely upset with Bane, which is kind of hard to do when you're the Joker, is to have someone be genuinely upsetting to you. And um, he's really mad because Bane killed Alfred not oh Alfred. he's yeah he's raw over that yeah he's like yo that was and the... i had a feeling because that's how i felt too bro yeah yeah the reasoning behind it is that like yeah no alfred's kind of like his last threat of humanity and sanity left so you just did it in front of his kid and you just basically made you all you accomplished during city of bane is made a teenager feel bad and i'm like damn <laughs> He didn't do that. He did a lot more. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah, but I guess that was the lasting effect. I mean, we haven't even seen Damien recently. He's yeah, that's what M-I-A, I was wondering. He's in Teen Titans. Or is he? Well, exactly. But he hasn't had anything to do with Gotham recently. Yeah, no, he bounced. Um, yeah, so he's very mad at him for uh, wasting that trump card. And then yeah. apparently, like, this story is going to continue after the Joker War. Like, particularly with Bane, which is interesting. I wonder what more there is to tell here and how much longer the Joker's going to be involved in this run. I wonder if, like, the Joker War is just kind of the beginning of it. Um, there's also this little moment. Uh, that, well, there's a Lucius Fox story that turns into, that's like a Batwing story as well, which is cool. Mm-hmm. That's, that's fun to read and all that stuff. Uh, there's a story with uh, Orphan... And Stephanie Brown essentially becoming Batgirls at the same time, which is cool because they were Batgirls before and the New 52 kind of wiped that from their histories. So it's cool to see Cassandra in her outfit. I thought I always thought she had like the coolest Batgirl outfit out of the team. Uh, back in the day, it was a lot more stitched up like this. It's more reminiscent of like Catwoman's thing and like the old movies. Yeah. But yeah, hers were like more like stitched together. It was really cool. Um and I think like the last really important story here is Poison Ivy's. Uh, during the Joker War story, Batman was taken to uh, this 
hideout of Poison Ivy is called Eden. And it was a secret between her and Harley. And that place ended up being destroyed. And then she, the story, she just basically shows up as like, I'm over it. And uh, she's she just like says she just snaps and is like, you know what? I'm just going to have my next. I'm going to have my villain arc next. And uh, she changes her name ostensibly to Queen Ivy. So, ostensibly. Yeah. I don't know if, if I'm using that word right. But it'd be that way. Um, sometimes I use words just because. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Queen Ivy, uh, she's the next big bad for the arc. There's a little mini arc with the, um, with, the Clown Hunter. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, we get it. He's fucking badass already. Just show us who he is. Show us some progress. We get it. He's cool. And what's his, and what's his effect going to be? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's like just a little anthology story. Uh, only a couple of them are ultra, like, very important and like planting the seeds for the next uh, couple of arcs in the run. So we'll have to see where it goes. I That's all I have to say about Batman World. It's worth reading, but it's not like anything to write home about necessarily. Um, do you want to say anything before uh, we move on, Josh? Are you shaking your head? I can't see. Nope. All right. Let us random. Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, this is Jujutsu Kaisen chapter 123, the Shibuya incident part 41. Feels like just yesterday we were just like Shibuya incident. Alternative title. A good matchup. Honestly, yeah. We got color pages. First of all, these color pages, I wish we could show you them. But we can't. <laughs> they're very, they're very nice. Um, he really put a lot of work into them. His name is uh, the artist's name is Gege Aka Akutami. Good work, Akutami. You did that really well. That's I'm, I was surprised. Gege Akutami. I'm yeah, very, I'm very good <laughs> at saying names. Um. All right. So last we left off. Yeah, yeah, Akutami. Gege. Yeah. Oh yeah, I wish I could have this poster. It's really cool. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, but uh, last we left off, uh, Kumisaki uh, has been facing off against a body double. Oh, they had the Kingdom Hearts. He has the Kingdom Hearts ice cream, bro. You <laughs> beat that? Yeah, the sea salt ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> the Roxas has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Axel and the other girl. Yeah, that we forgot because she died. Remember? God damn. Kingdom That's Hearts. what happened, right? Kingdom Hearts is so weird. All those guys did was sit on a clock tower and eat ice cream all day. All it was and, and, and kill a lot of like heartless. That's, that's what they did every day. <laughs> I will never get over it. I want to do a let's play one day with all three of us. Uh, so Shigaraki continues to do the most in the most horrific way possible. <laughs> yeah, Mahito is just using people's bodies. Uh, there's one really gross panel we wish we could show you, but we can't. Uh, where this he throws a guy at uh, at Itadori. And then Itadori asks him if he's okay. And his swollen, gross, cursed head is like... Yeah. Lollipop-ass head. <laughs> Lollipop-ass <laughs> head. He just looks like he just ate in, like, an airhead. Yeah. Remember those? Yeah. <laughs> when people would eat those and then their heads would blow up. Yeah, 
Oh my he, god! He used his whole body for teleportation. He looks that so was, happy too. He's so disrespectful. Yeah. He looks so happy too to say yeah. <laughs> this is like dumb little Patrick the Star smile. A big fan. Uh, then this guy just explodes blood all over uh, Itadori, blinding him. Uh, and meanwhile, we cut back to Kugisaki in the midst of her battle with Mahito. Um, and, uh, you know, they're battling. He's he, he. It's revealed that this Mahito double can't manipulate other souls, but he can manipulate his own body. So he's basically got half of his original strength. Um, but with that being said, uh, Ma- and Kugisaki is just trying to hold off, but um, <laughs> Mahito keeps trying to troll her. He's like, that won't work. And she's like, I know that. But sometimes you just got to try. And Mahito's like so lame. Yeah, this is yeah, this was really funny actually. <laughs> I re- I really like Mahito. I'm surprised he's not your favorite character yet <laughs> because of the amount of shit he talks. Did I not say he? Did I say he wasn't? Who did I say? You didn't he was? say officially yet. I figured it would be him. Um, but in any case, she's like using her hairpins around. First of all, Kugisaki is not afraid for a second she's out here just like she's like oh whatever you're the main bad guy that i've been okay i'll just throw fucking nails at you with my hammer um she uses her resonance and her hairpin all around her power is kind of like it's a hard one to explain for me because it's been a while since i've seen her fight but she her main weapons are this nail and hammer and she can essentially just like hammer your soul and like she could basically do these voodoo things as well she yeah. has like these voodoo dolls that she could smack them and if she can connect them to your soul and then smash them you take the damage of whatever of, of the golem that she uses um and she just does a lot of that just stabbing into him uh stabbing his soul essentially which is a big deal for mahito because that's kind of his bag his soul manipulation um and it, she reveals like she's been thinking about it, and ever since like she's been told about her his cursed technique, uh, she's thought that her powers would be particularly, uh, particularly useful against him. So she uses her resonance move, which is the thing she would use with the golem and the voodoo stuff, and she smashes a nail onto Mahito's head. And back at Itadori's battle, we can see that the resonance has affected him greatly he's just like (laughs) and it's uh i think it's like in the shape of nails like just pop out of his body um and mahito the original doesn't know what's happening he's just like and uh for somehow like itadori knows it's kugisaki immediately and her powers are exchanges that because he could see the needles coming out of him. She, he's seen yeah. that ability before. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. So he's basically they they explain that like because she used resonance, uh, it hit the soul itself, and because this thing is a part of Mahito's soul, the damage that it takes can rebound back onto the original Mahito body, and then also that damage that Mahito's original body takes rebounds double onto the clone. So the clone is double hurt. <laughs> the, the clone is like, ah! And uh, at this point, uh, he's thinking to himself, Yuji Itadori isn't my only natural enemy. And uh, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And from that, she realizes that, like, he's uh, he's a double and not the original Mahito. And Mahito's just like, correct. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he's correct. definitely in his feminist. Um, <laughs> that's where the chapter ends. Um, this was this was a very excellent chapter, and um, it doesn't get the RGC, but very close. Very it's real close. close, and that's you know. Um, I mean, I love that they didn't it. just establish her as stronger than him. Like, I like that they made an effort to logistically make her powers a natural make sense to turn for, to him. Yeah, and you know, this was something she could have ran away from and and said, okay, you know, but she's she's getting rewarded for her courage, mm-hmm. and and you know, for for actually trying because you never know, mm-hmm. especially I guess like on the, on the battlefield with demons and. Weird old cursed energy. You feel me? Yeah. So yeah. It, it made sense, and it it wasn't it wasn't corny. I loved it. Um, I and it's cool it. to see it's, it's cool to see screen time with her because yeah, they definitely yeah. kind of left her out completely. Yeah, she hasn't right? been around. Yeah, in a it while. seems like we all feel like it's it's nice to see that, and it see her doing well. Yeah, she's a very fun character. I like when she was more prominent. It was very fun to read her because she was. A very confident and very like sure of herself character. It's very cool to see in shonen manga, um, but and especially in, like in she's essentially the female lead, and not in a love interest way, but just like she's yeah. the most important female character in, in the bunch right now. Uh, but yeah, fun chapter, man. This was like a quintessential like Jujutsu Kaisen chapter where it was like. This is how this series action really works. There are rules, and we try to make it. It's no like asshole, like "Ooh, my power conveniently counters yours." You know, it's just this is how by the rules that we set up, we logistically can make this person beat this person, um, even though there's in theory a gap in power and in status in the series. But a uh, huge fan, love Jujutsu Kaisen. Ready to move on, guys? It's yep. Time. Yeah. It's time. Batman three jokers. Um, this is another long one. Uh, I'm going to try to summarize it as best I can. Uh, there's a weird scene in the beginning where, um, the comedian Joker is having dinner with this family and, uh, they're all afraid of him because he's the fucking Joker. He's fully in Joker garb just being like, and you think he's just held this family hostage, but it's really the delusions in his own own head. He's having like dinner with a destroyed teddy bear and uh, this like mannequin. mannequin. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And criminal Joker comes in and is like, what the fuck are you doing? Bro, in his own mind though, he's imagining that he's abusive towards the family. You know, he's creating this whole scenario in his mind. He's like, yes, this is, Definitely the situation I want to walk into. This is favorable for me. Yeah, you would think that he would make himself like a good dad. It was just twisted on on, on more levels than one. He doesn't. I guess it's just to set the tone. Like they, you know, they they they've been they set the tone really well in these books. Yeah. Uh, Especially this artist. Yeah. He's the same guy that worked on Doomsday Clock, right? No. Wait, is it? No, 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 it's not. It's uh, the style is really similar. Yeah, there's they have similar styles, but this is Jason Fabok who drew a lot of um Batman Eternal. He had uh, yeah, he's very. I really enjoy his art. Uh, it's very like realistic and stuff. It's very cool. 
Um, but anyway, Criminal Joker comes in and is like, the fuck are you doing goofing around? We're not supposed to goof around. Uh, so let's go focus on the Batman. And then we cut to the clown. So one of all the Jokers got smoked. You know, this shit is a game. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to... Uh, <laughs> yeah, speaking of that, we cut directly to uh, the Joker, the clown Joker, who has just been murdered by Jason Todd. Uh, he's literally on the ground just with a big smile on his face, pool of blood underneath him. He's dead, dead. There's no tricks here. Uh, he's gone. And um, we cut to uh, this judge's office where this judge has been murdered. It looks like his his dogs have been jokerized as well. Yeah. And uh, they're basically explaining that this judge in particular... Are those Doberman? I think so. Is that a Doberman? No, that's not a Doberman, Doberman right? Doberman! Doberman! Oh, yeah, I got to see the video. Is yeah, this, uh, this uh, old man? lady uh, freaks the fuck out over a dog, and it's like a little harmless dog, and she's like screaming, it's a Doberman! <laughs> yeah. If you've seen it, you know that. Yeah. Um, Anyways. Yeah. Okay, so basically this judge, his importance is that he is kind of corrupt in a way that, like, instead of sending these criminals to prison, he would send them to Arkham Asylum, which is not a prison, and not thus does not have like the necessary you know things in place to keep villains like oh i don't know bane in and you know it's just, he's responsible essentially for what the revolving door that is arkham asylum and uh he's been murdered for some reason that's when batgirl comes in and is like yo jason todd just smoked the joker and, and batman's like mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't believe it yeah and they're just talking about what they're gonna do about him like Barbara's like, we got to, like, put him out of commission. We should have done this a long time ago. He's a little wild. You know, he's been out here just murdering people in your name forever. And Batman's like, you don't understand. He's been killed, you know. He actually died. And I'm like, I guess fair point. <laughs> uh, He has been, like, brutally murdered. <laughs> and I guess that's... I get it. Everybody's <laughs> died before in this Not world. really. Not in Batman. When people die in Batman, it's not. It's not like, like Jason Todd was like a big deal death. Yeah, he came back after an event. You know what I'm saying? What was it? Uh, He's been. uh, He was dead for a long time. No, he died. He came back on like just a random Batman story, like years. No, well they said they they said that it was you know I guess the retcon was that it was because of the crisis. Oh, was it? Um, that he was brought. Yeah, they. Uh, I thought it was I'm trying to remember bit. what we 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 read something recently where they talked about that. Maybe it was Wally you're thinking of because that's what, what happened to Wally uh, or Barry. Mm. Barry Allen came back as a result of a crisis, right? Or he died. As, no, he died as a. Well, result. he did as well, but whatever. I can't. I can't quote the exact source. Yeah. So. So essentially, like, they're they're looking for him. And uh, Barbara's like, why didn't you just take him in and train him to be a better person? And then she's just like, I just hope that he'd be like you and, you know, just figure it out, bro. Just stop being. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. She's asking me a lot of questions, Barbara. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you you know know there's two jokers on the fucking loose. (laughs) Oh, really? You want to do family therapy right now? Right now? In the middle of a case? I miss Alfred. I don't know where my wife is. My kids, 
My Alfred's... kid fucking hates me and never wants to come home. And, Alfred's and, and you're telling me all this bullshit about Todd. I already know. I know he's a psychopath, all right? What the fuck you want me to do about it? I am too. Yeah. Alfred's a liar. Okay. <laughs> the fuck you do something about it. <laughs> he rolls down his window and up his window. He's... Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, fuck, yo. There's like, you deal with him. Whatever. All right. <laughs> uh, it's bad. I'll talk to him later, but. Yeah. Go check that nigga. I got work to do. Yeah, so Red Hood has been out just like beating up people and interrogating them to find the Joker's location. Uh, he essentially finds them. Well, first, Batman goes take to goes to take a visit to Joe Chill, uh, the man who killed his parents. <clears throat> and he's like, uh, "I, you know who I am." He, he literally. Yo, of- yeah, he stuttered. That shit was so funny. Yeah. You know who? <clears throat> you know who? <laughs> yo, like, yo, that was actually really, that was really funny to me. But I didn't look, I didn't, I didn't look at it like, oh, Batman, you little yeah, bitch yeah, yeah. ass boy. It's I, funny to so, like talk about. Like, it was well, like, that was well written. That was um, yeah, that was well done. No, yeah, the moment's great because this is the guy who turned him into who he is. So. You'd think he'd be a little intimidated. It's a little weird to be talking to the man who killed his mom and dad. Uh, but he realized that... Yeah, because it it's not even about fear. It's like just the mix of emotions in his head. So it's hard for him to kind of maintain that bat persona. Yeah. It was real. I liked it. It was, mm-hmm. it was, a, it was a good series. Yeah, he opens the, his cell door, realizes that he's not there. And Barbara realizes, that, oh, I found him. Uh, apparently, he's got stage four lung cancer or something. And uh, he's dying for real, for real. Oh, my God. Uh, Barbara, here we go again. Minding this nigga's business. Doing the most. She didn't even find Jason Todd yet. Like, what the fuck? I told you to find Jason. She could have She could have texted him and been like, yo. He's sick. I figured out he's at the hospital. Get there. I- I'm still looking for Todd, though. She had to go and personally tell Bruce, like, yeah, uh, look at you. You're fucking dumb because <laughs> there's no one here in their cell. He's actually at the hospital. I don't think she was like, you're dumb. <laughs> but that's very funny. If she was just like... Nah, she stepped to him. She stepped to him with with the pretentiousness. I, I could see it written and illustrated very well. Yeah. Uh, so he's just standing there like... So... She waited until after he kicked the fucking door, the bars in, too. Yeah, he, she waited until he stuttered to be like... She's like <laughs> See, that whole situation was like, ooh, yeah. let me let him be a big man. <laughs> I mean, that's the other All right, dummy, you had your fun. Now come to me. Come with me to the hospital wing. <laughs> oh, Bruce, he's getting played, man. All right, anyway. It's not fun. So he... Well, Joe Chill's dying. Yeah, Joe Chell's dying. Uh, she asks him, like, what do you think? What do you think is his deal with the Jokers? And Batman's like, again, with the questions. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's when we cut over to uh, Red Hood, like, breaking into a pu- public pool where the Joker's supposedly hanging out. And he finds a river full of people, I guess, bathing in the Joker acid. A pool. A uh, fucking r- pool yeah, of pool. acid. Yeah, I guess Joker weirdo acid. And they're all naked. Chemical stuff. I'm just like, do they have to be naked? Like... Joker wasn't naked when he fell into the acid. Yeah, he wasn't. <laughs> they could have. 
and they have to be realistic. You know what I'm saying? It could have, I could have, I, you know what? I could have seen Joker just for the sake of it, for being funny, putting clothes on them, maybe suits and tuxedos. Right? Yeah. No, yeah, I totally understand. I think this is a, a little dramatic. But uh, that's when uh, one of them rises up. It looks like fucking Gollum. Just like, help me. And he, hmm. he, Jason Todd Deadass just kicks him in the face really hard. Uh, and then he gets kidnapped. He gets snatched up by the uh, by the other Jokers. And uh, he's also naked now. And I don't know why. <laughs> I don't understand. They tie him up naked to a chair. And oh, I man. guess, I guess. Oh, he gets caught up by the Jokers again. But this, <laughs> time, he's, this time he's grown and and buck naked. Come on, Todd. Yeah. So he's just sitting in the chair, and the Joker's asking, "Was like, so, why, why would you be Red Hood? Because you know we were Red Hood. Why would you be Red Hood?" And he's like, "Because it's a joke or something." Um, you know, it's mm. like a symbolic thing that he was trying to do. And I also kind of always wondered that is why he went as the Red Hood. But I guess this makes sense. Um, and uh, yeah, they basically says, like, we want you to be the new Joker. We wanted you to be the new Joker, but meh. <laughs> you're not very <laughs> you're not very impressed. We even made your Red Hood mask a little smile on it. We graffitied a smile yeah, on it. Right. Red He's like, yeah, you, you ain't all that. You ain't got it. You, 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 you too flip floppy. Part of that bad family. You ain't, you ain't got that shit. You need to stop jacking this title. That's honestly, if you ask me, what happened? Well, I'll address that a little bit later. Yeah, uh, I'll say this about like the smile mask. It's a little edge lordy, but I'm not mad at it. Um, the smile that they put on his mask. I think it's cool. Um. So that's when they're like, I guess we're going to kill you now. And then um, the, the comedian Joker in the background just takes up Crowbar and starts smashing his brains in again. But he has his Red Hood helmet on, so it's like protecting him somewhat. Um, and uh, eventually that's when Batgirl and Batman kind of find him. First they get like mobbed by the Joker people that were in the fucking pool. They're all naked. Their dicks are swinging while they're trying to catch Batman and... <laughs> Their whole dick and balls are. That just is what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> Batman's got to fight a bunch of naked people. It's not fun. It's not. It's not doing well either. By the way, this is. He doesn't want to. It's all very unsettling. He actually he doesn't want to accidentally touch their dick. You know, he doesn't want to. He's like, Ugh, no. Uh. But, yeah. Uh, somehow, <laughs> somehow, somehow, one of them grabs like his belt and calls the car over. And they just get run over, like twelve of them, just get destroyed by the Batmobile, and I guess they're <laughs> dead. I guess Batman kills. No, honestly. Well, technically, they killed themselves. Yes, right. It was an accident. They took the belt off of him, and they accidentally hit the button that summons the Batmobile. He's even like, "No, he called the car." Uh, Jesus. But yeah, that's when they find uh, Jason Todd on the ground. Oh. He's still alive. Uh, he is. Uh, you know, just trying to, free, kind of freaking out. He's kind of have like a PTSD episode, seeing as how he just relived his. Nick, I asked him if he was all right, which I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> he's obviously not all right. Even if they didn't lay a, a hand on him, yeah, like to physically harm him, they tied him butt naked to a chair. That's gotta, that's it's gotta be upsetting to anybody, you know? Yeah. Unless you're really into that kind of shit, like Rihanna. Yeah. Then 
Then they'd be very okay. Either way, Bruce, he's slipping, man. Yeah, he's asking all the wrong questions, and he doesn't have any of the answers at all. Yeah. So basically, they they take Jason somewhere safe. You know, he's resting in Barbara's room, and ba- Batman's like going out again. <laughs> uh, Barbara's like, "No, you should stay here and help us heal Jason." He's like, "There are two Jokers out there." Just <laughs> while I'm for respect right now, I have two. <laughs> One is bad enough. We have two simultaneously. So he bounces, and uh, eventually Jason Todd wakes up, and he f- just peruses around Bar- Barbara's apartment uh, to find like the stuff that she used during her time at, uh, in a wheelchair, uh, including her chronic pain management books. Her wheelchair is still there, uh, and he asks her why she keeps all that stuff. And the reason is, like, you know, it's kind of like a, a therapeutic thing. You know, it's about, like, kind of overcoming it, all that stuff. You know, very, very deep and sentimental. They have this moment where, like, they connect emotionally about it. Is like, Jason never had that, at least. Like, he, he was pretty much, because everybody thought he was dead, he didn't have, yeah. like, the bad family around to help. Uh, he was just pretty much on his own. He never really felt like anybody cared about him. He's always been like the straggler of the Bat family, even though he shows up in Joker War and stuff like that. He's not the first person Bruce calls ever. So yeah, he's like uh, he he's felt alone. Uh, him and Barbara have a moment where they kiss for a minute, and uh, she's like, "No, it's, it was it was a mistake," and he's like, "No." Oh. <laughs> You're not gonna have an arc. Weirdly enough, right. this is the worst part of my day. <laughs> uh, so yeah then um batman's in his cave i thought he was out looking for the jokers but he's just hanging out and no sitting on his, just looking at pictures of him looking at files because he's a detectimative and um you know he's thinking about it about what's going to happen next but apparently the next move we cut to joe chill's cell where they pick up joe chill kidnap him in an ambulance and the issue ends with a big full splash page of a comedian Joker with the camera asking, why did you really kill Martha and Thomas Wayne? And that's the end of the issue. Uh, that's. I guess we'll see. I mean, I thought you just did it because they were there. Wasn't it? Didn't it have something to do with the quarter owls though? Didn't Scott Snyder say that it was kind of like a big deal well like, no was... I, I think like what they established with the court of Owls is that there's been attempts on Thomas's life maybe or maybe down the line there were Waynes that were killed by the court of Owls but Thomas was always killed by um, Thomas and Martha were always killed by Joe Chill um, I'm also I'm kind of of two minds of this um, two minds I mean, what if I, I told you I'm of six minds of this <laughs> I'm a I'm a fan of the I mean maybe I'm I'm willing to listen to the idea of there being something deeper with the Wayne's murder, but I'm also like the whole point of it is that like Batman Batman fights against crime because his parent part of the complex is that his parents were these great and good people that were taken down by just some guy for no reason for like money. That's not you know it was supposed to be a random event that created something way bigger 
and you know, mm-hmm. it's a it's a strange thing to add meaning. It's the same thing when like they ever tried to connect their deaths to the Joker. That's kind of like a pet peeve of mine. I'm just like they don't have to be connected that deep, you know. Like we get it, their their relationship is already strong enough without that extra layer. Yeah, but I um, agree. I'm willing to see how this goes because I do like this story. I think it's really it's pretty well written. Um, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm trying I'm trying to let go of my concerns about continuity and how much is this really all gonna stick because of the timing of it and it being kind of a prestige format series. But uh, overall, I'm very positive. Um, this is pretty much coming out as it's meeting or exceeding my expectations if not so i'm i'm enjoying reading this um did you want to you wanted to say something josh nope that's it <laughs> i thought you had things to say you said you had six months um i think that had, there was something to do with uh ah, i can't remember man i honestly can't remember there was something i was gonna cause I, didn't, I didn't want to spoil it but i was going to talk more about hmm do you remember what it had to do with? Mm-hmm. Damn. Damn. Well, if you remember, feel free to just just be like, oh, during whatever we cover next. And uh, All right. yeah. So I guess uh with that being said, we're gonna move along. Uh oh boy. There you go. It is time to randomize. <laughs> One Piece. Uh, this is One Piece, chapter 991. Let Us Die. Pretty phenomenal <laughs> title, I guess. Um, pretty dramatic. Last we Very left dramatic. Off, last we left off, X-Drake turned turncoat. And was like, man, the Kaido forces are trying to kill me. Fuck them. I'm immediately switching sides. Um, well, essentially, he's already been a turncoat. So he's like a double agent. The triple agent yeah. at this point. So, um, where he's a pirate, navy person. Well, he was a navy guy. person first. He was a navy person first, and we were. He was thought to have betrayed the navy to become a pirate. Pirate only to still be working with the navy. Yes, and join Kaido's crew. Kaido. Yeah, but is now betraying both Kaido and the navy. He's not betraying the navy. He's kind of like per se. He's kind of like stuck now he's uh he's trying he needs allies essentially he's literally about to die he has no friends anywhere so he has to link up with the most with the person who's most likely to take him in and that's luffy um yeah and uh, kobe bryant had told him that (laughs) luffy was great and you can trust him so i would have i would have believed what he said as well you do realize i'm gonna call him kobe bryant (laughs) that's fine rest in peace fan all right, yeah, yeah. Essentially, the reason he picks Luffy is because uh, Kobe Bryant very much vouched for him very aggressively. Um, so he's basically like, Luffy's mad cool, man. You, if you get in trouble, he's he'll just link up with anybody. He'll just team up with whoever. Um, and uh, he's just like, I can't tell you why I want to be friends, but I'd like to be friends. And then Zoro's immediately like, man, fuck you. Stuff yeah, someone like, has some kind of sense in their head to just not be gullible. Not just someone. Thank literally, God. literally everyone with an earshot is like, no. As Frankie <laughs> and Jimbei are like, Frankie, first of all, is like, I don't, I, I don't trust the guy who turns his coat that easy. <coughs> and uh, 
Jimbe is immediately like, stay away from Luffy X Drake. Even in the Pirates world, there's a code of honor. And I'm like, damn, nobody respects X Drake. He's like a big. He's. I guess he is kind of like a liability because if he if things go wrong with the Straw Hats, he could just say fuck you guys and fuck off. Um. So I get the sentiment, but Luffy, on brand, is like, sure, he can join us. Why not? <laughs> yeah, no problem. Yeah. He could. He could. He could. He could chill us for a little bit, like VV. Yeah, like VV or you know Kinemon or, or the Samurai. Yeah, Kinemon, whoever you know. Cock- One of those guys, sure. I fought Crocodile to the death for a little bit. I fought Crocodile like to the death, and you know we're we're buds now. Mm-hmm. We're, we're best friends. Best buds. So, um, that's when they don't really get a chance to really talk it out because Ulti and Page One just come on through and just start fucking shit up. Um, they're causing havoc. They're going straight for Luffy and the others, and that's when a special fucking Green Star attack comes through and blows up in their face. And you know what time it is. Damn, uh, dude. Yeah. It's Anji development time. Ulti, I mean, Usopp. Ulti turns around. You know and, how well, oh, You sorry. know how long it's been since Usopp has done anything? It has been <laughs> a long seen, time. When we seen her through the building, man. Yeah. Dress and Rosa. was all excited. Oh, man. This I, was the, fir- like, the first time in a long time that he's even said an attack move. <laughs> Oh, yeah. it feels good, man. Yeah, he blasts her, and then he, uh, Ulti turns around and is like, "Who did that?" And um, all we see is Nami, who seems to be talking, but not really. All is Nami just talking mad shit, but we find out that it's just Usopp behind her, just saying that it was it was her essentially. And uh, <laughs> you know, they just start running away because they are who they are, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> both Ulti and Page One are going after them. So I guess that's their battle, and I'm like. Fuck yes, let's go. Ulti and Page One versus Nami and Usopp. Yeah, because they weren't. I guess that's what that little clash was before to show that they wasn't no, they wasn't soft. <laughs> so I guess this is a nice matchup. They're going against, you know, Toby, Toby Ropo. Ropo. They're a big deal. It's pretty good. They're like you know, they're the first crewmates, basically. Essentially, right? Of Kaido. Yeah, there's like the uh, I think there's the lead performers, which are like King, Queen, and Jack. And then the Toby Ropo, I think. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, as uh, Luffy. Man, tra- speaking of Jack. Oh wait, we're not even there yet because that- we don't, we don't, we don't, yeah, we, Luffy dashes forward, and Luffy is is immediately met by Scratch Manapu, who uses his slash thing. But the weakness to his power is that if you don't hear it, it doesn't affect you. Um, mm. But. Uh, Scratch Manapu can affect people in other ways. He just calls out to one of the numbers. Uh, he calls to... Three Hunt. of them, actually. Jackie, Goki, Juki. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> and then he calls Hacha, who laughs. Ha-cha-cha-cha-cha-cha. Ha-cha-cha-cha. Ha-cha-cha-cha-cha. Ha-cha-cha-cha-cha-cha. He's a fucking Pokemon. Bro, Oda is a wild nigga, man. You know he does. Yo, he smokes weed, does acid. Yo, he's doing all of that shit, but he's probably on a very healthy diet, so it doesn't affect him too much. You know, he only does it when he's just thinking about stuff. I mean, this is unfortunate, but uh, Oda's actually sick right now. Um, There's going to be a two-week hiatus in One Piece because of Oda's come down with the sickness. Uh, so what kind of sickness, man? It's not really. They didn't really talk about it. I hope. I'm hoping to God it's not COVID, 
I uh, I hope not. And I hope he makes I hope a it's not anything serious at all. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think it's anything. I think it's just kind of under the weather. It happens. Um, but uh, I'm hoping that, you know, at the end of the two weeks, he's fine. Praying for Oda. Uh, but in any case, back to his wonderful story. Um, he So yeah. Hacha comes through and is like, Hacha, cha, 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 cha. Hmm. And uh, <laughs> Luffy's like, okay, I guess I'm gonna have to fuck up another one of these guys. And uh, Hacha just takes a look at Frankie, and Frankie's in his robot, and he's just like, cool robot toy. And he starts chasing <laughs> Frankie. So I guess Frankie's gonna fight this Hacha dude real fast, and then maybe he'll yeah. go against the Toby Ropo person. Um, but uh, meanwhile, Zoro and X Drake are still going at it. Um, Zoro's like, I don't want to fucking have you on our team. Uh, and Scratchman Apu is just running around doing some stuff, so they slash him instead. And he starts talking shit. Scratchman Apu is like, yo, 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 Drake, I heard about you. Now you're going to leech off that tiny little pirate crew? <laughs> Take your mad shots, bro. You were, call- you were supposed to be with them. Yeah. You weren't supposed to be on the other side like that. Yeah. You're supposed to be giving it up filthy. Yeah. With the straw hats, man. <laughs> Come on. I like how x response was like, I always hated this guy. He's a fucking hate this guy. Yeah. This guy's mad Which annoying. Which is sad because I always, I always thought it was really cool. Man. I, I did too. All right. I, I, I guess he's supposed to be an unlikable character or whatever. I guess I can, I can see, I like him too, but I think I, I could see how like in the story people find him annoying. And just a yeah, massive I, I get it. No, it, it makes sense. <laughs> it, it was a cool moment for Drake. Yeah. And uh, Zora's like, yeah, I hate him too. Let's team up. So that's all I needed is mutual hate for another man. And uh, <laughs> they agreed to team up. And that's when uh, bullets rain down from the sky. And Queen's got a fucking minigun. Mm. And uh, everybody's like, <laughs> X-Drake's like, oh, you think those bullets are enough to kill me? Wait, unless hmm. these bullets are dot, dot, dot. I think they're C-Stone Did Prism. these bullets? I think are, they're C-Stone uh, Prism. So. They're what? C-Stone bullets. Really? That's my theory. I think they're C-Stone so, bullets. So is this going to be, uh, is Zoro's battle going to be against Apu and Queen then? I would think that Zoro is going to go up against Queen and X Drake's going to fight Scratch Manapu. Which is cool. I mean, I guess it would be cool dinosaur versus sound man thing. He, you know what <laughs> it is? Uh, in his T Rex form, he won't be able to reach his ears because T Rex arms are too tiny. <laughs> so he won't be, he's going to have to fight. He's going to have to fight, take all his attacks. You know, I so think about that. Frank- Frankie's battle is against a giant. That's cool. An ancient giant. That's going to be like... Which is oh. essentially Ors. He's fighting Ors right now. By himself. Three, two, one. Ha! Cha, 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 No, yeah, I wasn't... I All didn't right. know what you were doing. You can't just count down to things. <laughs> and expect me to be like... Right. Oh, oh, so so I'm guessing that the, the other Straw Hats, that leaves Sanji... Robin and Jinbei, right? And Luffy? Chopper. Oh, yeah, and Chopper. Yeah. So, There's... obviously, Sanji's probably going to fight King, right? Yes. but there And oh. there are also four other Tobi Ropo. So. Oh. So, plenty of fight to go around. <laughs> yes. And that doesn't even s- scratch the surface of whoever Big Mom brought with her. 
So Jesus, this arc is fucking nuts. Yeah, One Piece <laughs> it just keeps getting crazier and crazier. One Piece is not ending in five years. <laughs> it's it's just not. Look how long it takes to establish like one on one battles here. And this is that's all I see on Facebook too. That's annoying. Yeah, people are are latching onto weird stories. Um, but in any case, back to uh, the top of the mountaintop and at Onigashima at the battle against Kaido. Jack is still getting fucked up and like bad. I, I gotta say this: like Jack has done nothing but get his fucking lunch eaten on a constant basis. Like I haven't seen him do anything cool. He's never really fucked anybody up in any like. We heard stories of him. He didn't even do that, that, but he ambushed Zo. Honestly, it was kind of. And they didn't even do that bad against him. Like they fought back against him for being ambushed. They like hurt him and stuff. But uh, yeah, they were just like he's just standing there, a big dumb mammoth, just standing mm. around taking hits because I guess it's really hard to fight as a big woolly mammoth. Um, but yeah, he falls finally, and Kaido's like, "That's enough." <laughs> he basically throws in the towel <laughs> for him. He's like, "Stop it! He's had enough." <laughs> right. He's learning. Like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. He lost. All right. <laughs> Damn. I got it. I got it. But now you got to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Big bro. Hey, I mean, I gotta give Kaido some. That was pretty cool. I like that. He wasn't like, you must perish since you're weak. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, no. You nice. I, I ain't about to lose you these whack ass stamina. Let me just get rid of them real quick. Yeah. He, but. He basically was like, Jack, Jack is one of my hand, handpick uh, lead performers. I will not stand back and watch as one of my most valuable men is killed. And is and Jack's like, I have failed you. He's like, no, this does not make you weak. They're just that strong. And we just get a two-page spread showing um, Cat Viper and Dog Storm in their oh, full man. Shishi Leon. Uh, Straight from Sulong Toriko. Power. Yeah, Sulong powers. Like, they look cool as shit. I love... I love. They Cat. really do, man. I love Cat Viper. Like, Cat Viper... Yeah, the Cat one looks the, the coolest. Yeah, for sure. He's, like, out here, like, yeah. <laughs> He's so excited. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I'm so happy <laughs> about this conflict. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, our their too long power has caused grievous losses, and grievous uh, losses. Yeah, apparently both sides have taken each other out of pretty much, uh, except for, uh, you know, Kaido and Jack. Is there some type of repercussion to the too long ability? No, not that we've seen. There's no like drawback or bounce back. It just kind of lasts. It's just long. only at a certain period of time, like bloodbending. Yeah, you know, you in a full moon it activates no less. It's basically yeah, yeah, it's the same rules of bloodbending. Well, not really. You could use bloodbending except for Yakone. Yakone and his two kids. Mm-hmm. All right, no more, no more, uh, no more horror, horror, horror references. So <laughs> yeah, so um, so Kaido uses fire blast. Wait, wait, wait. Kinemon is like he thinks he's gonna be super. <laughs> wait, first of all, Kinemon <laughs> says we're grateful to the war to the Mink Warriors, and Kaido says. <laughs> and he's like, now run, tire, and perish. I'm eager to see how many of these you can evade. And he charges up his fire. And he does blast breath, big fireball. And Keenanmon can cut through fire, right? So he's just like, man, I'm not scared of you. Foxfire style. He's like, bro, <laughs> evading was never even the... the <laughs> That was never even an option, he dog. Said, How about this? <laughs> he said it never even occurred. So he to finally me. uses his 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 flame his whatever his his fruit. Yeah, it was magic fruit. Whose fruit? Devil fruit. 
No, that's not magic fruit. fruit. Because it's, it's, it's something else. It's not his fire. It's, it's not his fruit. Wano. It's not his fruit. Oh. Kinemon just has a specific style. That it's just Fox Fire style? Well, it's like Zoro being able to cut through metal. He's able to Joel. cut through fire. Okay. He already has a devil fruit. <laughs> no, I... Can't can anybody that. just cut through fire though? Like, no, not like Kinemon. I mean, yeah, he like he slices separate, it. Like a he separates yeah, no, like it. Yeah. picture. Yeah, <laughs> that was an interesting. Like, like imagine a cucumber being a beam shot at you. Did <laughs> you have your knife and it just splits? That's exactly what happened. Uh, but yeah, pretty much. I mean, he basically plays Fruit Ninja with fire. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. That's his vet. With this guy, but one of this guy's special moves. <laughs> he goes like... Shoots it like some average weak henchman attack. Yeah. <laughs> Divides it. Parts the seas. Yeah, so that was it, right? And the rest of the... <laughs> yeah, the Ayakaz and I are basically Kato's like... mad. <laughs> the rest of the Ayakaz and I shout at the top of their lungs that they're ready to die. And uh, that's where the chapter ends. And One Piece will be off for two weeks. Ugh, so sad. But, um, yeah, feel better. Can we RGC this? I'm trying to think. Um, wow, that's surprising oh, coming from you. First of all, I, I'm only not giving it that. Oh, from Brian, right? That is. Oh, <laughs> that's surprising coming from you. If you'd like, go ahead. Yeah, I'll RGC. It doesn't have this. to be unanimous. All right. Sure. Yeah, yeah, we could give you an RGC. This is uh, Brian's this... certified, really good chapter. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. I'm... What is worth this with third place for me? The re- the reason why I give this an RGC is because like it's just setting. It's like obviously there's been a lot of setup for shit, right? And in this chapter. It just makes you excited for like what's to come. Like it may it yeah. really reels you in. Like when I was reading this chapter, I'm like, oh shit, we yeah, going back, baby. Split up and stuff. Yeah, Everybody's yeah. starting to get their fucking assignments. Yeah, yeah, it's about to be man coverage what up in you, here. <laughs> whatever the fuck that shit was called, Water, water Seven. seven? Yeah. You know, yeah, you know what it's it, called. It brings me back to those times, like when One Piece was like that, and I fucking love those those split off like team yeah. up battles and everything. Oh man, I'm so yeah. excited for the next chapter. And they're all unique in their own way. Yeah, and like sometimes it's straight off like skill, sometimes it's a lucky circumstance, and it just works out. Because this luck, this is what I think Oda does really well when it comes to that specifically. When he's not straight up serious combat one on one. He he evens out the luck and misfortune a lot, mm-hmm. and you could argue that there was so much misfortune for the Straw Hats when they got to Wano. Like a lot was stacked against them, mm-hmm. and things that could have went better did not go good. Yeah, like literally, so, Luffy you know, just got one shotted by Kaido first thing. Oh man, he thought. Yeah. I thought. So excited, um, man. I I don't know why I'm hesitating as well. Um, I just think there might be a better chapter for me right now i know there's a better chapter for me but for re- for selfish reasons as well and i'll only <laughs> when we get to it all right oh i know i know what your favorite what your rgc is um but no spoilers uh, christian with that being said it is time for us to randomize dark knight's death metal multiverses end Okay, this is, I guess, the shorter. Bet me, bet me. Okay, <laughs> I mean, 
at this point. So I guess this is the Green Lantern version of their books. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't I, did everyone kind of get like a book and, and I didn't notice this. This is, uh, this is like multiverse heroes slash Green Lantern. Yeah. Okay. So like speed metal was all about the flashes, right? And yes. then you had one about the Trinity and then we have the crises and the crises. Anyways. So essentially there have been, three plans put into motions in order for this whole perpetual thing to end. One of which is uh, John Stewart was assigned to take a, a team of heroes across the multiverse to destroy the tuning forks across these evil universes that uh, perpetually. Wait a second. Wow. Okay. First of all, I wanted to say this back with, with, with the Jokers, with the three Jokers. Did you figure it out? I think that, yeah, I remember what I was going to say. So, um, they really didn't, they really wasn't feeling the fact that he named himself Red Hood. So, I think they literally beat, beat the Red Hood out of him. I think we're going to see a different Jason Todd in the future. I would hope if this is actually. I would hope be... so too. I think this is going to be transformative for him, probably um... for a lot of the family members. Yeah, it all depends um, on like how much they take this story into continuity. Yeah, man. I mean, they stripped him and beat him again. So they was like, now transform it to something different. But don't be a joker because you suck at it. Blue. Try to be a better Batman or something so we can have some entertainment. Blue so, yeah, that was that. Um, and So yeah, multiverse. You know what? Yeah, yeah, multiverse. Okay. Okay, so a team, the Green Lanterns were assigned to gather a group of heroes and go to the remaining universes which are essentially like the evil universes that uh, Perpetua is drawing her power off of. She's allied herself with the more evil versions of uh, DC characters in order to accomplish her goals. Uh, the darkest. And and one of them is being a very, very salty owl man. <laughs> oh boy, the sodium levels were way up. You're right. My, it's crazy. I, was, I was very satisfied. Not gonna lie, I liked it. I um, <laughs> I'm I'm jumping ahead, but Stuart uses the word petty in a very applicable way, and man, let's yeah. just say it touched a lot of soft spots. That's, yeah, so that's where we'll leave that. <laughs> here's here's what happened. Uh, John Stewart starts off the issue already captured in Earth Three, which is the home of the crime syndicate. Which are but he looks mad cool because he got the green eyes and the green lantern power. Yeah. I like when they do that. Yeah. Oh, first things first. I love this art for some reason. It's not like, it's not like super detailed or anything, but it's nice and it's very expressive and cartoony. And uh, I really like this a lot. Um, yeah. This uh, this art is like one of my favorite. Yeah. The art. It, yeah. It was. It was. It was the cart. You know, the over oversimplified cartoony done well. Yeah, for sure. He had just enough detail. For sure. Okay, so John Stewart was captured by Owlman, who is the uh, evil version of Batman. It's Bruce Wayne that dedicated his life to evil. He is an owl. He's Owlman, and uh, he's, he's just saltier like, than the sea itself. Uh, God damn it, he is so fucking salty, dude. He's essentially he's like, yes, yeah, so we've we've teamed up with Perpetua to fuck you guys over. And I am the greatest strategist of this universe, so you know nothing. And I'm saltier than a ten pound bag of sunflower seeds. <laughs> <laughs> and John Stewart. Oh, I'm so mad. Wait till you find out why. <laughs> and he's like, I could, I could shoot you right now and end your life and have perpetual win, but I won't. And he's like, Why? 
And he's like, because I'm the best ber- version of Batman. So fuck out of here. <laughs> Batman who laughs. laughs. The Batman who laughs. You know when people write the text in the big letters and small letters? <laughs> they really should have did that. <laughs> but they gave, him, they gave him bold text instead. That was fine. I, that was enough for me. The but they kind of, you know, could have made it better. You know, it's mm-hmm. so funny. He's, uh, he's really. And John Stewart's just looking at him like, dude. <laughs> All right, and you're gonna kill me, bro, because I don't want to fucking hear this shit no more. Like, and he's fuck? like, I, you need to convince yeah. me not to kill. He's. It's crazy how he's so petty. Yeah, it's like, give me a reason to not kill you. Tell me the story, <laughs> and make and remind the readers too, because I know damn well they don't fucking know what's going on. <laughs> I'm kind of in on that. I appreciate I them. It. Every opportunity. I appreciate it, Owlman, very much. I like his energy. He has purpose. And he assisted us. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's becoming one of my favorite characters. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got I to gotta put up a petty alert for whenever a very petty character <laughs> comes on. And not his favorite character. Yeah, like the dude from My Hero Academia. Somebody. Uh, let me get his name. So, yeah, he's like, I know yeah. that like I'm I really don't want to help Perpetual, but you also have to convince me why I should betray her. And uh that's when we cut over to Earth X in Detroit, because I guess like Earth X is just Detroit. It's in the D. It's in the dirty D. It's in the motor you know? city. It makes sense. That's what shit does pop off at. So why not with superheroes too, right? And yeah. Apparently uh, Green Lanterns can he's fighting a Superman right now. Like a Nazi Superman. And apparently <laughs> Green Lanterns have trying like, really hard. He has the ability huh? to like apparently the Green Lanterns have like the ability to give off similar radiations to certain objects like Krypton like Kryptonite. So he tunes his ring to Kryptonite mode and he just smacks the shit out of the Superman. Well, he says that his ring can match the frequencies of his universe is kryptonite. Maybe it's harder to do it or impossible to do it based on the normal Earth One. Yeah, I didn't know uh, that was a right. Earth was it Earth One or Earth Zero that our normal heroes are from? I forget. I don't really know. It's kind of All confusing. Right, so, me. Hold on, God I'm confused. Why is there a Nazi Superman? There's an alternate universe where the Nazis won, and there's a Nazi Superman. Yeah, and Superman is a Nazi. Yeah, he landed in in well, you know. In what was just Soviet America, I guess, or maybe he landed. No, he landed in Russia instead. No, that's, that's Red Sun. That that's Red they're Sun. Not, they're not. Nazis. Oh no, no, oh, that's Red Sun. No, Earth he landed X in Germany like, in Earth, this one. Earth X is where I believe the Freedom Fighters came from. They come from a universe where the Nazis won World War Two, and there are Damn. their Justice League is essentially like a resistance force. And I guess this is where that Superman comes from. So he knocks the. But shit. Superman was a. All right. <laughs> yeah, he knocks the shit out of the Superman Nazi. And uh, we get this little moment where Iris West, who is an alternate version of Kid Flash, comes through and is like, I'm trying my best. And my boy. I hear dead people talking to me. Josh thinks Owlman. She is... did say that. <laughs> yeah, basically. Josh thinks Owlman might be his favorite character. My favorite character comes onto the scene real. He, It's Captain Carrot, <coughs> boy. We... Captain Carrot! Dude, we have a history Already with Captain Carrot. Listen, I, I, he ain't on the level of Zowerman right now at the moment, but he's an OG for sure, for sure. 
Yeah, he's awesome. I'm pretty sure he has a cereal out or something. I know it. Yeah, he's... I know I seen it the other day. So basically, he's ba- he's the nicest boy around. He's just... Oh, yeah, the sweetest guy ever. Yeah, sweetest he, rabbit. He goes up to <laughs> Iris West and gives her a whole pep talk, and it's the most inspiring thing I've ever read. He's... Uh, it, it, even like it, it takes away her trauma from hearing dead people, and she runs off yeah. to accomplish her mission. And Guy Gardner's like, "Damn, <laughs> thanks, Captain." He's Captain. the fucking man. He's the fucking <laughs> man. <laughs> I can't believe he's the fucking man. Apparently, Kyle Rayner is on Earth twenty nine, and he recreates the sun with his Green Lantern ring. And I'm like, "All right, uh, all right, okay. Ion, I guess." <laughs> I mean, yeah, Ion, but sure. he's not Ion anymore. He's not exactly. I forgot Kyle Rayner was a thing. Yeah, I guess that's the point, though. I mean, the Green Lantern ring is just—it just has no limits. It's willpower. That's the whole point, right? Yeah. There's um, no limit to willpower. Is there a limit to anger? I guess your head would just fucking explode, or you'd have a hemorrhoid. <laughs> I don't know. Like, Yo, dude, you can't okay. die from too much willpower. I mean, the Hulk has no limit to anger, right? Screw Wow. <laughs> he could just get more and more and oh, more. If he got a red lantern ring, he pushed the limits so hard, man. Yeah. He'd probably create new abilities for that shit and everything. Oh, that's a great, that's a cool one. So we get a little recap of the story so far without with John Stewart explaining to Owlman what's going on. My favorite panel, I can't, I, I'll, I'll try to edit it in here. Uh, is Perpetua's like they show the part where they <laughs> they sealed Perpetua away in the source wall, which started this whole mess. Is when the Justice League broke the source wall and let Perpetua free. They sealed her. She's between these rocks, like struggling. <laughs> the very like the very next panel is my favorite. Is one of my favorite panels. Her face is just like. It's uh, so great. Yeah. I want to get this as my wallpaper for my phone. It's so fucking <laughs> <amazing>. <laughs> the face she makes. I love this artist. Uh, huge fan. Uh, so we get this whole thing, you know, this whole backstory. We cut back to Earth X as Captain Carrot is taking the time out of his day to escort all of the denizens of Earth X and hug every child that comes up to him and comforts them because he's a giant rabbit and is adorable. Uh, he mm-hmm. is best boy. And don't you ever fucking argue with me about that. And he's then, a good boy. And then after everybody walks away, he finally lets loose his trauma. <laughs> he gets this big panel yeah. where it's just his face, his big bunny eyes, and he's crying. And I'm like, Captain Carrot, no! And I can't hear Captain Carrot. And then we get like what happened to him in between all this when Perpetua showed up, and apparently Perpetua just up and killed everybody he loves. Yeah, she and she had to do it herself because the laws of the world is like weird and <laughs> yeah, not not as normal as everybody else is. Yeah, they operate under. What cartoon, can I say? Right, they operate under cartoon so, physics. So, so she so. had to surgically <laughs> destroy them all. Yeah, with her godly powers, and it was you know. The carrot man and stuff, there's just no match. I yeah. guess he got out in the nick of time or whatever. The heroes... He blew up his whole planet. God damn. Yeah, the heroes of alternate universes came and found him and took him to the House of Heroes, which she also blew up. So they just yeah. jumped from planet to planet saving people, and he's just like been 
carrying this burden this whole time. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> poor boy. Uh, so Guy Gardner's like, don't worry, man. We're gonna fucking we're gonna fuck this shit up, dude. We're gonna take care of it. And that's when Perpetua just shows up, her big face in the air, and she's like, I think not. <laughs> <laughs> and uh Captain Carrot goes like not perpetua not again this is exactly what happened before yeah that's when uh, uh she brings an alternate universe Batman that I guess has a team of lantern Batman from all different types of yeah they... it's a weird idea yeah uh so, I guess... oh, the rainbow core which is actually I mean uh, all right I think it's a play on the rainbow bit. suit what rainbow suit? Back way back, a long time ago, Batman wore a rainbow suit for an issue for some reason. Uh, it was like part of a story. Like his, he had he had to wear it for some reason. He had to wear it. <laughs> it wasn't like a fashion choice. Brian, it can you Google the Batman rainbow suit <laughs> and tell us what the fuck was that about? Because I think that's what this is playing off of. Uh, but anyway, these Batman have different lantern rings and they start fucking shit up. They're pretty strong. It's a pretty big deal. And uh, that's when at some point, Jon Stewart finally finishes the story. And then Owlman is like, you're telling me I'm not even the real Owlman? And uh, that's... What? (laughs) What are you talking about? Uh, I mean, what Jon Stewart does is basically explain the order of the events that took place and, and, and retconning how Perpetua influenced each of these major events from even back in the day before we were even born and mm-hmm. stuff. All that stuff. And how she's been slowly, slowly orchestrating this so that she can be released and be all-powerful. Yeah. Um, so Owlman goes and Googles on the Harbringer thing. Damn, even the Parallax. I didn't even know like that was part of this. Yeah, I didn't know either. That was cool. That was interesting. All right. So you guys want to know? Yeah, go for it. All right, so apparently um, Dick Grayson got hit by a fucking car while trying to save a girl once, and yeah. and he had a broken arm. You so me. Batman started wearing like different colored suits to distract people from Robin. What? <laughs> one day he was wearing like a really like a red suit. One day he was wearing a blue suit. One day he was wearing a, a gold suit. And then all of a sudden, why? he's wearing a fucking rainbow suit. Wait, why would he need to distract anybody from Robin? Robin, well, I guess because no, he, he, he didn't want anybody to see that he had a broken arm or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, so it was like funny. Like it was like. I mean, I guess thing. like it was the '30s, so maybe. Batman really- explains he was worried that Dick's publicized injured arm might be noticeable, even when he's in costume. So he, mm. the Dark Knight, made a series of increasingly distracting suits <laughs> to draw the public's attention away from Robin. <laughs> <laughs> was a dick he didn't even let his his son his stepson just like take a day off wait wait here's a paddle from from the comic itself robin's like but batman last night you wore the green costume and tonight you're wearing the red why and batman's like i must robin i must wear a different colored batman costume each night (laughs) (laughs) damn 
All right. Well, there you go. That was uh, the more you know, I guess. Uh, wow. Okay. So, Owlman basically Googles himself and is like, Harbringer, tell me. What the fuck? Am I the first? What happened to the owl- other Owlman? And she explains that the other Owlman were, like, killed in subsequent crises. And uh, that's when, like, Owlman gets a fucking huge smile on his face. He's like, wah and Greenland and John Stewart is like, "What? What now? What crazy shit are you about to say now?" And Owlman is like, "I just understood something crucial." And he's basically like, "I'll help you out because even if I die here, as long as Perpetua is gone and the multiverse exists, I'll exist." And John Stewart is like, "All right, <laughs> if you want, if the, whatever works for me, dude." Um, so basically, he just goes up and he betrays his team. Owlman just like frees John Stewart, walks up to the crime syndicate, shoots Ultraman and Superwoman in the face, and he's just like, "Ha!" He was happy as hell about that too. And he's like, "Ha ha!" Didn't the shorty have your baby or something like that? No, she lied to all of them, and she had this kid's baby. Someone else's baby. Oh, she wild, had Dark Side over it was again. Wild. She lied to all of them. No, she had Dark Side huh? over again. Like she just had Dark Side. No, he t- no Dark Side got turned into a baby. Yeah, I think she- wasn't he the baby? Anyway. Oh, shit. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, he was a baby. Damn. I remember the Wonder Woman run that uh, that resulted in that, which was pretty cool. Recommended. Yeah, it was actually really interesting. Okay, so, so Green Lantern comes up. Is like, he's gonna he's here to help. And uh, Owlman is like, bats aren't welcome on Earth 3. And, Ow. and he just suicide bombs himself and the rest of this world. And Perpetua's face is like, rah! You know, she doesn't take it well. It's not great. Um, so, you know, day is saved. They saved uh, pretty much a bunch of people from the Tuning Fork, and now they're off to help people with Captain Carrot in hand. Uh, yeah, she's not defeated, right? This is just kind of no, like yeah, she just, they've had a success. Yeah, they had a really good success. So they did the okay, thing. Okay, but she's still out there and needs to be beat. Yeah, um, this was a very fun issue to me. I, I had a good time with it. Why? Why is there not a Captain Carrot in the Zoo Crew book yet? And why? What happened with John Johns and that's Justice League, Lex Luthor and stuff? That's Justice League. We'll get that when Justice League comes out again. <laughs> you look disappointed. Okay. Yeah. Um, honestly, I don't know. I think uh, no. And then there was the stuff with the three superheroes on the. Yes. Oh, uh, where the crises were, right? That's that's still happening, right? Yes. Okay, just making sure. Uh, I almost gave this a VGI, but this was. Uh, let's say this is second place. I really did enjoy reading this. Um, had a good time with it. The art's awesome. I want to see more from Absolutely. this Absolutely. Um, but in any case, that's all I gotta say. Want to move on? Mm-hmm. All right, we got a big one ahead. So let us. Conchu. Yes. Don't you? But let us randomize. Oh no! My no, please. Hero no! <laughs> Chapter two. Before we say anything else, I called it. I won. I'm the winner. I'm the best. Okay. This is Josh Cole. Didn't we all call it at one point? Nope. All right. Just me, alone. By myself. 
Okay. Nobody was there. I did some extensive research for this one. Did you now? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. But I think we, we, I think we all kind of said that this seems like what's gonna happen, or maybe something big is gonna happen for him. Yeah. At least. Yeah. Okay. Oh, last we left off. Whatever. Should we? Should we? Yeah. Last yeah, we left off, just... Deku was like trying to destroy Shigaraki with all of his powers, and he's still going. He's throwing all kinds of United States. And Shigaraki's at him. still maintaining, still throwing his guard up, still regenerating mm-hmm. slowly. Slowly but surely, still doing it. Tuizuku uh, is just like bringing him back. Just trying to, just, I don't know, beating the fucking dust. He's trying his hardest, yo, and mm-hmm. breaking his arms in the process. It's really bad. He's hitting him with all the different states of America. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah, it is really cool. Um, and Baku goes on the ground just like being like, all right, well, we don't know how long his power is going to hold out, so we got to get moving right now. Um, what He's not going to have Endeavor waste any of his fire bla- uh, going up because he's going to blast him into the air. Uh, Todoroki's job is to keep Endeavor cool to the very last moment so he can preserve as much fire as possible. And uh, Rocklock has got to stay there and just, you know, watch everybody else. And he does so. So he flies off into the air and he listens to, uh, he has like little flashbacks about um, the, uh, about his talk with All Might. And I'm not sure what this is supposed to mean because he has this flashback where he's like, he's basically the one who created all, one for all, right? Isn't it an offshoot of his power? And I'm like, is he talking about all for one? Or is he, I don't know. I'm not sure what he's, yeah, I think he's trying yeah. to say that one, all, all for one, no, one for all is an offshoot of, you know, the, the, the quote-unquote evil power, right? Right. And so that, you know, even though it's it's something to look up to, it's also, you know, kind of like this cursed situation yeah. since it came, it came from such a bad source. I, you know, it was kind of weird. I'm not going to act like it was, oh, enlightening and... Wow, such clarity. Yeah. It just, I get it. it. made sense. Yeah, so essentially he remembers that, like, what happened to All Might and that he's seeing the same thing happening to Deku. Um, and finally, they catch up to him. Endeavor just pulls him in a, like, fucking lock. And uh, he says, get away from me. And he goes, prominence burn. And then he just explodes, essentially. Big fire. Shigaraki is really burnt up right now. And then we get a panel where a hand reaches out and it says, Tomura, lend me your body. And I'm Master like, Hand from Smash Bros. He's returned. <laughs> That's his new so quirk. Remember all those ass beatings you gave me? That's one of his quirks. I'm going to ruin hand. your manga. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> Fuck yeah, niggas. <I> yeah. <laughs> uh, Brian doesn't find any of this funny. I'm going to no, see no, why. Oh, he is hurt. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so anyways, it's obvious. So Endeavor's, Endeavor's attack isn't enough. He's a chump ass number one ass hero. Well, it's not even that. It it did work, but then that's when one for all, or all for one, stretches out his hand and says, "Tomra, lend me your body." And he essentially one, one uh, all for one takes over Shigaraki's body, and that's why this happens. He's able to like use Shigaraki's body. He reaches out. You can see, hear him whispering, "Literal, little brother," and that's when he uses these tendril quirks that we've seen all for one use. Just shoot out, 
And at that moment, we get a big panel of Bakugo peeping this. And at that moment, there were no thoughts in my head. Thoughts in my head. My body just moved on its own. And a big two-page spread where Bakugo takes the tendrils straight through the gut and through the shoulder. And uh, we get a big uh, number page saying, like, chapter 285, Katsuki Bakugo rising. Taking a page out of Bleach's book, mind you. I mean, you know. He didn't lose that much blood, though. Um, So I'm going to tell you guys this. Uh, literally, I'm reading this again, and I don't think he's going to die. I also don't think he's going to die. I, think he's just, I just think he's going to be out the game for a while. Yes, I agree. I really, really made a big deal of this, and I was like, oh, my God, he killed him. Like He stabbed him mad time. But now that I'm looking, I'm like, all right, it's, I don't know, did he pierce his heart? Your heart's on the left side of your body. It looks like it? his gut. But Real quick, like straight shoulder. through his gut. Okay, okay, okay. Do you guys Real know quirk. what quirk this is? No. That's the same quirk that he that he used to that he he used those tendrils to go into that 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 space guy. You know, the one that ended up being yeah. this dude's friend from back then and activated his own quirk. Yeah. So people Damn, imagine he makes Bakugo blow up. Oh yeah. my god. People are theorizing pe- people are theorizing that this is uh for the forced quirk activation quirk. Oh it is. So, oh my god. So if he if he gets it inside of Bakugo, he could use Bakugo's cannons probably against other people. Like Bakugo's oh. quirk. You think he's gonna take his power away from him? I don't think he's I don't think this this quirk takes away quirks, it just forces you to use your quirk. Oh yeah, okay, all right. Just make it so he would actually have to exactly take it himself, bro. Yeah, he might turn Bakugo into a bomb, and then yo, that would be real greasy. Well, here's the thing: that's how he dies. He blows him up from like, oh my god, you couldn't do that because Bakugo's explosions come from the sweat that's emitted from his palms. It's not on his whole body; like his whole body. Oh, okay. So, so it's only from his. Hands. Yes, okay. from the sweat that emits from the palm of his hand. So unless he just makes Bakugo slap his face and then blow himself <laughs> up, I don't think. And that would be a pretty dramatically sloppy way to do it. It's uh, So I don't know. Yeah. I don't think he's going to die here. Um, I think this was supposed to be just like the biggest character moment for Bakugo. I could be wrong. Uh, but it doesn't. I agree 100%. If I, if I may, I think that that was this, this is the moment that I was looking for. And it wasn't mad, you know, it wasn't something rushed. It was like, no, like, this is what it took. The, all of these little things, you know, culminated to him saying, nah, I got to protect Deku. Like, that's my that's my guy, you know, that's yeah. my homie. And I was fucked up, so I owed this to him. 285 to, chapters to of character development. And this is what... This is yeah, what, this 285 chapters, that's fair. That's fair. It's pretty good. Um, also, this was such well done. a chapter for Bakugo. Like such oh, VG, chapter VGC, by the way. I, I guess that you know, yeah. Josh is very good, really good issue, and also mine. RGC, certified, I mean. really good chapter. Certified RGC, certified RGC, certified RGC. Real quick, if Bakugo survives this, mm-hmm. uh, like this chapter, kind of cements him as like. There's no way in hell this dude is not going to become the number one hero if he survives this shit, you know? Just the way that he, Bakugo? like, leads. Yeah, the way that he led and you the know way what? that he I, thinks. I, I like that. I, my bad to kind of... Do you want to say anything else? No, I, no, no. I, I, I agree 100%. And I'll say, yeah, he... 
he because I one of y'all mentioned this before, but y'all said that it's more like they all seem like like Bakugo is more like Endeavor's kind of air. You know what I'm saying? And like maybe they can have some more development with each other, or he, it'll be a matter of like, oh, like this is somebody that did finally surpass like with their own power that was greater than the awful one. You know what I mean? I, that can be something that's cool in the future, like for that for his character. I think that's a really that's a that's that's spot um that's that's cool to catch that and I agree. But I'm gonna tell you this, I don't think I def I think he's for sure surviving because it seems like he's narrating this. I didn't yeah. notice that when I first read that, but he's saying at that moment. That's true. That makes no sense that he's gonna na- like what the fuck is he narrating in this actual moment? That isn't if he's also hope that's not what it is, because that's mad silly. It's also a callback to the first chapter when yeah, Deku obviously. saved him. Oh. So there's that. Oh, you're not peep that? Yeah, that's basically what it is. I did not peep that. That was sharp, guys. Yeah, it was the All same right. thing as like when Deku mm-hmm. ran in to save him from the mud guy. No thoughts, just action. It was pretty cool. This is, I think, this, and, you know, that's like kind of like the cross section between these two characters is that Baku. Yes. They're trying to take each other's traits and apply it to each other because they're each missing what the other one has in order to be one great hero. Bakugo's thing was like he need, his whole thing is that he wins and that's how he saves. He saves by what well, he saves by winning. What it, that, I think that was the thing is Miria yeah, we're just the saves by hitting skill and just getting the job done and not really yeah. you know thinking about the 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 empathetic, empathetic side of it or um. Right. He wins by saving. Or the community part of it, you know? Yeah, just by, yeah. Yeah. By straight action and not so much by. Yeah. Can I, uh, can I throw out a random, a random, uh, theory here, though, that I came up with? Sure. Mm -hmm. What if, because this is the moment that defined, that, that got Deku, uh, All Might's approval, right? Like, this is the, like, the, his body just moved on his own and he saved. Bakugo, right? Mm-hmm. So, what if, uh, in order to save Bakugo, uh, Deku passes one for all onto Bakugo? Ah, no, I don't think that's. <laughs> oh go. man, that would be crazy. <laughs> yeah, that would be kind of weird. I don't. I think Midoriya would have to like die or something like that, and that would just be weird. He's the main character. We've seen them as a. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't yeah, see it happening. Hell of a twist, man. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I, I, I don't know. Just a thought. It's not impossible. So far, by the way. Hmm? I said I've said everything I'd like to say yeah. about the chapter. Same. By the way, I mean. But um. How's it? Yeah, let's uh let's keep it rolling then. It is time to randomize. Rocket to punch! Punch! <laughs> the music after. <laughs> Avengers number. Conchu no fistu. Um, this is Avengers number thirty-six. Uh, Rest they, in peace, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, there's a big two-page spread where uh, Tanahasi Coates gives like a little bit of a tribute to Tana, to uh, to Chadwick Boseman. It's pretty nice. Um, but uh, essentially, the, we pick up where we last left off. Uh, earlier we we get a little flashback to apparently moon knight went onto the moon he's like despite what you think this is not my usual thing i don't don't go to the moon often (laughs) yeah even though i am moon knight it's not it's not my thing 
I also don't usually ride the Ghost Rider car. But, you know, first time for everything. Yeah. Um, and we cut between this time and what's happening now where uh, Moon Knight is fighting off against Black Panther. Uh, and for whatever reason, he thinks he's fighting Mephisto right now. Um, and I guess we could just do the earlier time, like the earlier story. On the moon, he, see, he meets the seer who is Nick Fury, who we saw in uh, at the end of Empire. Yeah. So apparently, I guess, like, all these threads are coming together, which is appreciated, I guess. Um, he's basically like, you're praying to the wrong god, Moon Knight. There's something bigger coming that you could use instead of Khonshu. Khonshu's a little bitch. You shouldn't use the Yeah, power. you see that nigga in the corner, right? Are you really going <laughs> to pray to him? Come That's on, your god? There's way is more. This your king. <laughs> There's a way more impressive god coming. Just, just wait a minute. Uh, and so you know him and the Black Panther are fighting because he's under an illusion that he's fighting, um, Mephisto and whatnot. We we cut to this again even earlier, I guess, when Black Panther first arrived, where he challenges Khonshu to a fight. He's just like, I don't care if you're a god, I will beat the shit out of you. And Contra's uh, like, whatever, I have Mjolnir now. Kyaw! He sends Mjolnir. <laughs> Mjolnir doesn't attack Black Panther. It just kind of like flies around in him. And apparently, way back in um, 1 million BC, Black Panther was able to carry Mjolnir. Uh, pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, it was pretty dope. I was like, cool. I better be able to pick up the uh, Thor hammer if I get a uh, Black Panther skin in, in Fortnite, right? Probably. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, all of that yeah so you know <laughs> Moon Knight back in the present puts on his fucking spike knuckles and is like now I'll fight you for real <laughs> it's so funny um, <laughs> but yeah he's just they they just keep fighting and he's like wake up wake up you can't stop you gotta stop fucking fighting for Khonshu he's a fucking he's a little hoe dweeb he's a little hoe <laughs> he's a little dweeb ass Big ass, ass, beak ass, skull beak. Big skeleton beak, fucking pterodactyl head ass nigga. <laughs> like, your bones is dusty. And, yeah. your, and, your, and, your, and, your, and your alpha is whack. Yeah, so Khonshu just flies yeah, away. Said, yeah, yeah, he said all of that. It's all canon from Black Yeah, Panther it's all guy. canon. And, then... and if you can't see it on your comic, it's because you didn't get the exclusive one like we did. Yeah, we get the advanced Sorry. copies where... You forget the part where he said lobster flavor looking ass. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I'm calling somebody that shit later. <laughs> I'm I'm stealing that one. I like that. <laughs> so Kanshu just like is like, you know what, fuck this. I'm going. I'm getting out of here. And he uses his uh he used me all near to Blast him into space so he can chase Iron Man and Carol Danvers, who are carrying the Star Brand, so he can st- take the Star Brand. He basically ran away from the Black Panther. Let's not sugarcoat it, guys. Let's not let's not create these false tales and call it what it is, right? Right. He ran away like a bitch like and a said, bitch. "I'm gonna go kill a baby because I can't beat you up, <laughs> yeah. big strong Black Panther." Yeah, maybe I could take down the fucking baby. Um, <laughs> yeah. And little did he know, the baby was trying to fight. <laughs> the baby, the baby was here to fight. Though, if you see closely, when he like chained up Iron Man, she was the little baby was like, Bleh! still ready to fight it. Um. Oh yeah, he threw his hands up. 
Yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, but then they look up above and they notice that the god that uh, Moon Knight was talking about. And this whole time, like, Moon Knight wouldn't stop fighting Black Panther because he needed to bleed a lot. And the reason he needed to bleed a lot was for kind of like to show whatever was coming that he means business. It's kind of like um, a ritual of sorts. And then once this force comes down and is like, all right, I see you serious, and takes over his body, it turns out that the Moon Knight is now in complete possession of the Phoenix Force. Which Whoa. Is, which is pretty cool. Isn't that a mutant thing? Not necessarily. Yes. Mm. Oh, no, it just happened to be. It can just kind of take over people. There's no yeah, way. yeah. I don't know if it's a mutant. It's thing. about telepath, but Conchu is not a telepath. It's kind of weird. It's, I think it's maybe like, I don't know, Brian, maybe you could look it up why Phoenix Force really is an X-Men thing only, or has it ever taken over anybody else? I don't know if it's specific towards mutants. I think it took over Jean Grey because... It, it was a, for, it's for sure a telepathic thing. You have to have a strong in Avengers, to... in Avengers versus X-Men, Cyclops got the, uh, the Phoenix Force. Oh, you're right. It has nothing to do with telepaths, man. Yeah, I guess because I, I was thinking about Jean Grey. Because Jean Grey is like um, uh, an Omega level mutant, and I guess like it, you have. It and the other power. dude, man, Quentin Quire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hit yeah, Omega. That's, that's the end of the issue. Um, pretty cool twist. Um, Moon Knight as the uh, Phoenix is a pretty interesting prospect. I can't wait to see how this all folds out. And I wonder if this is going to have like any major implications in terms of the Avengers and the X Men again, because there's like. There are like um, rumors floating around that they're going to have another conflict. There's going to be a part two. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll see. Those are some really cool rumors. Pretty solid rumors. But um, yeah, I don't know. That's all I got to say. Brian, did you happen to find anything? Uh, I'm reading it and it doesn't say anything. Hold on, actually. It doesn't say anything about it being specifically mutants that deal with it, but it just says that it's like a sentient being that's like born of the universe. It's like a state of existence. Okay. Like, I don't know. It, it, it's weird. It, so I not think necessarily Phoenix X-Men. Force is complicated. <laughs> you yeah. have to read a lot more into it to figure out like what's going on with it. Yeah, I guess so not like x-men specific but uh in any case it is time for us to move on and randomize chainsaw man cool this is chainsaw man chapter 86 another weird ass chapter yeah date chainsaw last we left off uh the chainsaw man destroyed makima and then walked into this fucking mcdonald's literally that's what happened it's kind of Interesting that it's driven by Denji's desire. So at one point, Denji expressed that he wanted to eat a hamburger. So it went to this family burger place. And uh, that's where he finds Kobeni, who has quit the safety, the Demon Slaying Squad, and is working now as a fast food employee. Yeah, public safety agency. And, uh... and is now working as a fast food employee. And she's just dropping hamburgers all over. Chainsaw <laughs> Man. And uh, at this point... <laughs> uh, her boss is like, is this a hidden camera prank? And has like, to be. I'm There's like, no way. I know you're out there. <laughs> I know you're out there, Ashton Kutcher. 
And uh, that's when. Right, because he says there's no way she tripped twice, right? <laughs> like, and I'm thinking that, like, yeah, man, she's real clumsy. Like, shorty, if power ain't wreck your car, you was going to wreck your car eventually. Anyway. <laughs> Holy shit. Pretty much. So, yeah, his head gets lopped off easy. And uh, Kobeni just like. All by herself. Easy. He just did it because he, like, he, he spoke out of term, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so Kobeni puts together the hamburger again and just like drops it on his table. <laughs> and the chainsaw man just eats it. And then he remembers Denji also wanted to go on a date with a girl. And he turns over and he's like, oh, Kobeni's a girl. And he just picks up Ooh. Kobeni. <laughs> he just picks up Kobeni hey. and walks away. With his guts. Yeah, and she's just like, why? Uh, I quit I quit this shit so I wouldn't have to go into these situations. Yeah, he walks through an ice cream truck and they somehow have ice cream as a result. But it tastes... They, like- they, they, they got that ice cream and then he chopped the ice cream truck up. I was looking for the guy in there, but I couldn't find him. I hope he's okay. Yeah, me too. Um, and Kobeni just cries it doesn't taste like anything. Cause she's just crying, probably, and she's yeah. so scared. The public safety, a public safety guy shows up, and I'm like, "Oh, this is a new character. Is he gonna fight again?" Oh, like, pretty strong looking devil for the dispatch. <laughs> I expect, I accepted. And he's like, "Don't be afraid, miss. I, it's safe now that I'm here." And then he's immediately killed off. Like they jump to his death. And then they, she just like the chainsaw man just makes Kobeni play Dance Dance Revolution. Yes, and she does pretty well, man. I mean, she does the thing. And huh. he just disappears while she's stuck there playing Dance Dance Revolution. Uh, I guess he leaves Yeah. Her, which is interesting because he's shit. supposed to kill people he saves. So I'm not really sure. I guess he technically didn't save her, though. He, he wasn't didn't save her. He just tried to save her. her. I guess. So he, She didn't say, save me or anything. She right? did. And it's not like he was... Sa- oh, she did say, save me. Remember? And That's he why he up. ended up there. I think that was just supposed to be a metaphor, though. Perhaps. Yeah, I don't think she was calling for him to save her. Maybe. Or maybe Kobini's just that chill. <laughs> tell everybody else in the store. Right? Yeah. And he sure. still had to go on the date with her, and she still had to dance, and he had to go do some other shit real quick. Like sit on a rooftop. Dude, I don't know this is. nigga, man. I ain't gonna act like I... I, don't, I guess we'll find out soon. But Makima's back. She's not actually dead. Yeah, it turns out. Kind of crazy. Yeah, she's just standing there like, it seems we've been noticed. And then I'm not surprised, but I'm also just like, didn't you, did you just lie? Did you lie to us the other chapter? Yeah. What the fuck? Did you just say that so that the guy wouldn't shoot you? Were you actually scared of getting shot? I don't know what to believe with this girl anymore. Yeah. So Makima's not alone. She's got a whole group of people with her. A new main cast of characters, the new captains. And they're all just like, they're, gonna meet. they're all just like, oh, oh they man. all have a line. They all have a line and personality, and they're all slightly <laughs> chummy. But you know what that means. None of them are going to survive. Not one. <laughs> Not one of them. I give them three chapters at best. Well, there is an Not interesting... making it past whatever arc this is. Well, for sure, for sure. At the end of this chapter, we do get a very interesting return. Um, I thought this was the bomb girl for a second, but I'm going. Oh to... man, that would have been so cool, man! It's not. But you know what? It's... Oh wait, you... is that you? You know who is here? Quan Chi. Bro, is that not the girl? That's not the bomb girl. Brian, can you look up what she looks like and tell us if you think 
Who's the bomb? Her, yo. It looks like her. Oh my god, you didn't fucking read that part yet. Damn, Brian. Oh, Brian. Uh, but that is Quan Chi right there. Maybe these are all past the uh, Devil Hunters. I don't know. Maybe they're the all bomb like girl chainsaw man. Did you find her? Is her Somebody's name? Somebody's arm is missing. Re- oh yes. yeah, it says bomb girl. Yeah, Reze. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, Reze. And Reze. does that look like her? Kind All of, right, let me compare. It kind of looks like her. How crazy would it be if it was the bomb girl again? That would be pretty sick. That would be. The girl with, the, with the tie? Yeah, the girl with the tie at the end, that right before the last page. I guess it kind of looks like her a little bit. <sighs> we got to mm. figure it out. Well, whatever. That's the end of the chapter. Quan Chi is back. And she's got a confirmed devil. Like, she can transform into, like, I guess the arrow devil. Yeah, cool. she yeah she has yeah, which is pretty sword cool. devil or whatever. No, she's arrow devil. She has like crossbows on her arms. Oh, ooh, which okay. makes her my favorite guy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Mm. All right, that was a that was a funny issue. It was entertaining. Sometimes it isn't just... Qu- isn't that lady like super speed? Like, isn't that her thing? No, she's, yeah, she's like, a fucking monster. She's a monster, but she's, she's also got yeah, like, she's a, a beast. power. She could turn into. How is she still alive? I don't know. I guess like Makima kept her alive. Yeah, we're about to we're gonna find out next chapter. They got a lot of explaining to do. For sure. Oh, Makima shouldn't even be alive based on her own account. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So, but uh, in any case, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, it's time to randomize. X Factor. All right, we were blessed with one X book this week, and instead of like seventeen in one day, uh, we have X Factor number four, which is X of uh, Ten of Swords, part two of twenty-two. Um, last we left off, uh, Apocalypse took a team of X Men into Otherworld to confront the army of the Amenth that are coming straight for uh, Krakoa to reclaim it, and. Uh, it didn't go so well. They were they were pretty much betrayed by uh, by the summoner, who is his grandson, and that was pretty fucked up. Uh, the chapter picks up immediately where we left off. Rockslide was murdered, by the way. And that was that's an important thing to remember for this chapter. Um, and we pick up in Krakoa where uh, Banshee's sister, I guess, uh, carries Richter through uh, the Eternals Gate and the rest of the mutants that went to. Uh, Otherworld follow. Apocalypse is not in good shape. He is literally like, where is... And uh, he looks over and Richter is dying. And he's like, no, Richter, my friend. Uh, And, you know, the rest of the X-Men show up and is like, what the fuck happened? So, you know, not great things. Rockslide was murdered and Polaris feels real bad about that. Um, on the other side of Otherworld, uh, Saturnine just kind of shuts, seals the gate to to Otherworld, so nobody could get in or out without her say so. Uh, throughout the issue, we get these little interstitial informational pages about the other realms within Otherworld. Uh, not gonna go through all of them; it's a lot of information. Uh, so. Rachel tries to go dig into Polaris's mind to find the details of the tournament that Saturnine proposed between the Amenth forces and Krakowans. So essentially, 
Krakow is supposed to choose 10 people to wield 10 swords to fight against 10 people from the Ammon side. And winner gets Krakoa. Tournament arc, yes. Uh, <laughs> well, why does X-Men have a tournament arc? Because it's awesome, Brian. <laughs> That's why. And why not? I'll counter your question with that one. Why <laughs> not? <laughs> it becomes more like X-Men. get better than this. X-Men becomes more and more like a fucking shonen mod. More than it, I'm it not it's lit, bro. You complaining about that? You gotta get you on it. Brian. Dragon Ball Z, where Cyclops would beat everybody. <laughs> you gotta get on it, Brian. By the way, we never got an explanation. I'm telling you, X Men is really good. Um, but anyway, we'll get that out of you another time. Um, so yeah, they try to dig in Rachel's mind, but uh, Saturnine has a mental block on her, so they can't really read her mind. Saturn, uh, Polaris has to. Kind of like figure it <laughs> out. Bless you, Josh. Uh, meanwhile, at the, <laughs> bless me. you again. Meanwhile, at the healer's uh, fortress, he's healing both Apocalypse and Richter, and uh, he's trying to heal Apocalypse first because I guess P- Apocalypse can be saved, and Richter is pretty much on death's door. And Apocalypse is like, "You're just letting him die," and he's like, "He'll be resurrected in twenty minutes." And he's like, "Okay, cool. I guess I'll kill you too then." And then he just starts murdering the healer. I'm like you unstable. Yeah. You talk. Well, you know what it is. He, he says something about them being connected. So I think if Richter dies, he dies as well. I guess. Not necessarily connected in that way, though. Um, I don't think he dies if Richter dies, but I think something does happen if he dies. That something bad. Uh, <laughs> and right as he's murdering the healer, that's when Rachel just like in like just makes a psychic illusion where he's getting murdered by his children. By the four horsemen mm. again. And he's mm-hmm. like, ah, leave me. <laughs> <laughs> leave me alone. That was fucked up too soon. Uh, so Polaris walks in and, to uh, Xavier and, where he's hanging out with the people with the five who are in charge of resurrection. And uh, he basically, she basically explains the entire situation to them. And Xavier's like, oh no, it was a trap. It's like we told him not to fucking do this, huh? Hmm. <laughs> huh. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Richter. Oh Richter. man, and, 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 and Charles and Magneto let him have it. Oh, we'll get, we to, that. get to that. Though. Okay, so basically they're like, "All right, let's resurrect these guys ASAP." So they resurrect Rockslide and Richter, who just passed away. Rocks. Uh, Richter comes out fine. Uh, Xavier is able to implant his memories from the backup again. Uh, but Rockslide is a little different. He tries to do it with Rockslide, but his whole his cerebro on his head just like short circuits, and uh, everybody's like, "The fuck!" And uh, not only that, across the cradles, Krakoan cradles, which are essentially like different cerebral helmets that serve as backups for everybody as well, mm-hmm. all start to short circuit at the same time, including Moira's no place. And we haven't seen Moira in a while, which is pretty interesting. Mm. Uh, but yeah, terrible things happen. Rockslide dies again because he was unable to, like his body is unable to uphold itself, its form. And Rockslide is dead, dead for real, for real. And they're like, fuck. And they worried that yeah. the whole fucking resurrection process is tainted at this point. They destroyed the rest of the eggs so that 
it doesn't spread to future resurrections. And all resurrections are going to be put on hold from now on until they figure out what the fuck happened. Um, at some point, Rockslide just comes back, though. I don't know. Like, some of his pieces come together, and it's Rockslide. But he doesn't know himself. He has no memories. But it's definitely him, according to Xavier. He can read his mind. He's like, it's him, but it's also not him. And it, we come to learn that resurrection turns out if you die in other world the difference between richter and rockslide is richter died on krakoa whereas rockslide died on other world and when you die on other world it corrupts your backups so if you die it's technically permanent like you run the risk of just really being dead and if they try to resurrect you you become an amalgam of different alternate versions of yourself across the multiverse so Rockslide is himself, but he's also a piece of himself from another alternate universe and another alternate universe, and it's all condensed into one person, which is a pretty heavy way to st- set the stakes. This is like they can't just resurrect the way out of this one. Um. So yeah, basically they're like trying to think about like not even doing this tournament arc because like. I mean, they're setting the stakes, bro. You know exactly what this what this is about. They're they're basically they're, they're adding an element of like, oh, you know, the stakes. Yeah, the stakes. I'm saying all these words to basically say, oh, yeah, you die. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, the die. resurrection ain't gonna be able to save their ass this time. Yeah, they're, they're really like uh, they're really dying. And then as uh, you know, the meeting continues, uh, a prophecy just leaks out of fucking. Uh, What's her face? Is I don't know. I, I don't know why I'm blanking. Polaris. Polaris's mouth. She's just like yelling this prophecy, and it's basically listing off the people who are going to participate in this through riddles, because can't nothing be cryptic. It can't nothing be clear in a magic world. It's all got to be in riddles and shit. Um, but yeah, that's that's when we get Josh's favorite part when uh, Magneto and Xavier pull up to Apocalypse's bedside. And they're like, yeah, bad news. Uh, we're stopping resurrections for now. So if you die, there'll be a couple of days till we could bring you back. So, you know, and nobody's going to mourn you because you really fucked us this time, Apocalypse. Yeah, you really, you really have us over a barrel here. And then Apocalypse has to just sit there and be like, shall we? <laughs> he doesn't say sorry, but his face is just like, shit. Uh, over this time, uh, we get a little narration from Polaris, who is kind of just, she's got a weird relationship with Magneto, who's her dad, and her, Magneto's like a dick to her. Yeah. Just basically like... I guess because Wanda's the worst. And it's like, goddamn it, daughter. And I guess Quicksilver's kind of corny, too. I don't know where he's been. Yeah, I don't know either. But in any I case... I guess he'd rather be with the Avengers... Essentially, she puts a lot of pressure on Polaris, uh, you know, to succeed and, you know, be as good as he is. And um, over the course of this narration, she finds uh, she starts, like, feeling clues in her head from Saturnine as to what they're supposed to do. Yeah. And uh, she finds the thing. She finds what they're looking for. And apparently in this weird area of Krakoa, there's this ring where and there are these 10 little circles in this ring where the warriors are supposed to stand when they find their swords. And that and once they get there they'll be teleported to the site of the battle and they'll be fighting. And the tournament arc can begin proper. Um 
which is real cool. And before she continues, it's like, let's be warned. Uh, champions, it's kind of like a volunteer process. Uh, I mean, you're there's a prophecy, but, you know, just understand if you participate, there may not be coming back if you die. So, yeah. you know, we got to do this because, you know, we can't ra- waste rock slides death. You know, nobody was supposed to die on here. That's the whole point of Krakoa, essentially. So we got to make his death worth something. And Magic yeah. is the first one to step up and be like, she takes her sword and she's like, like, man, I was born ready for this. This is literally why I even enjoy Krakoa to get shit popping in these type of situations. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. See, I don't care about death. I'm going to kill everybody. I'm Ileana Rasputin, the fan favorite, and I'm going to win. <laughs> and it's going to be a bit of a struggle, but then it's going to be really easy after I snap my fingers and power. You know how that goes. We'll see. Maybe she dies. Soul sword. Yeah. Okay. So then we get a. They break never time. let me be happy like that. There's no way. <laughs> there's a there's an informational page that I will break down because it is essentially like the list of characters that are going to participate. For the most part, um, Ileana's the first. It looks like uh, Cable, obviously, uh, because he's got a sword <laughs> in his book. That's pretty important. Uh, Warlock is one of them, apparently. Uh, Storm obviously is one of them. It's all they break down parts of the riddle that they got, so and they try to connect it to the mutant that would have to fight. Um, Logan is one of them, obviously Wolverine, and uh, they he he already knows where his sword is. He's like, well, I guess I gotta go get my sword in Japan, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> Wolverine's gonna fucking fight with a katana in in Magic Land. Big fan. Um, then uh, it's the Braddock kids, obviously Elizabeth. Um, you know, Captain Britain is going to be one of them. Uh, Gorgon is one of them. Apocalypse is the other. And so far, that's the entire list. Uh, I don't know if that's really 10. I didn't count. But... Uh, a. Oh, it's his name. And that's where the issue ends. Uh, it's pretty cool. I, I If I wasn't sold on uh, 10 of Swords yet, I am now. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty stuck stoked about this. I like how they, you know, they had to make it so like if you ante. die, you die. Yeah. You have to up the ante. If so, you're make a big. I event. feel bad for any rock slide fans. Yeesh, that was <laughs> that was greasy, man. They had, he got put out easy, simply. Yeah. No fight. That's yeah. the worst way, honestly. I agree. Um, like, that yeah. wouldn't encourage me to want to keep reading the series. That would encourage me to be like, man, I can't. I hope these guys lose, or I'm gonna read it when they when they end up being smokers. Fuck out of here, I miss Roxanne. <laughs> yeah, but essentially, I mean, you know, certified very good issue for me. Certified. <laughs> Same. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Um, pick it up. I mean, come on, get get Ten of Swords, you guys. It's so good. I'm so excited. I can't wait to see where it goes. Tournament arc. If they do one-on-one battles, I'm finished. That's exactly what's going to happen, and I can't wait. I mean, it's a long event. If Wolverine dies, he's fine, because he won't really die. Yeah, definitely. That's an effective. But um, in any case, Ten of Swords, pick it up. It is time to run on. The champ is here! World Trigger. This is World Trigger, Chapter 202, Gallipola, Part 14. Uh, last we left off, we found out uh, that that Yotaro is a prince of a neighbor nation, and so it, and uh, his sister is is a princess, 
and uh, we get some more details about that <laughs> going forward. Um, so Yotaro is the prince. She's the princess. And apparently Yotaro's sister is the one operating the mother trigger of Meaden, uh, which is holy shit. <laughs> uh, and apparently a, a mother trigger doesn't have to be a person. A mother trigger can be operated via machinery. Uh, there are different forms it can take. Some people use a whole person. Some people are channel the energy through a machine of some sort. And uh, she's not a she's not their god in the same way that she would be a god in other neighbor nations. She's she's operating the trigger, but her her, her output is not the same as like some like say Atricator who are able to create an entire planet out of Trion. And um, apparently it explains that, yeah, their world is basically our world. Um, we don't need Tryon to survive in this world. They use Tryon to, you know, fortify their base. And that's about it. And use it for weapons and whatnot, you know, for the military use. And pretty much exclusively, they have other energy sources. They don't need to be involved in this war. They're just kind of like, they just have powerful people who are able to do so. Um, and people are attacking them, so... You know, mm. it's kind of crazy. Um, so because they have no God, Rata assumes that they possess a crown trigger, mm. which is a little higher up. A crown trigger is a trigger that serves the mother trigger. It's the most powerful trigger there can be in a planet, apparently. Uh, and there are two uses for them. Essentially, crown triggers can be used to protect the mother trigger or... Others can be used to wield, uh, could, to help the planet thrive. So I guess crown triggers can be used to like create planets out of the Trion energy. That's what really comes from it. And I guess the mother trigger takes that energy and, you know, regulates it in some way. It's kind of like, you know, uh, in Yuma's world, the Suchigami, the Suchigami were essentially the crown triggers where there were these little things that would re recycle Tryon around the world and reuse it and fix it and stuff like that. Little wallies, essentially. Uh, so Osamu asks, like, so what does Borders Crown Trigger do? And apparently, Borders Crown Trigger is Raijin Maru, the fucking capybara yeah. that Yotaro is always riding around. <laughs> Yeah, not just filler silly characters there. That you, you guys are all important, and I'm just like, all right, all right. <laughs> I gotta say, sure. The fucking what do you call that animal again? It's a capybara. capybara. Yeah, I I was kind of like taken aback, and I'm just, and he, they're Rajin Maru. They're just like revealing this information, like yeah, it was Rajin Maru. <laughs> like I love how non dramatic they're doing it. Uh, it, it's so fun. So basically, they're like, "Yeah, he and he's the type. Uh, she's the type, Raijimaru to uh, the crown trigger type that protects the mother trigger. So that's why they were worried that they were fucking with um with Yotaro because if Raijimaru saw that, he would she would just transform into a giant fucking capybara and destroy everything to protect Jeez, giant capybara. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, man." I really am enjoying this a lot. Uh, I love how regular it is. Um, so basically, they're uh, they're basically saying like, "Hey, okay, so I think we have more to gain by joining forces than fighting each other." Um, and honestly, Jin side effects says that like 
it'd be better if you guys joined us because he can see the future. Um, so, you know, join forces and you won't regret it. So he takes this information back to his team. His team is like, I don't know. We got to find a, we got to verify whether he can actually read the future or not. not. They're not fucking with us. And he's like, yeah, I agree with them. And then he asks, uh, the captain of their squad asks, well, what would you do, Rata? And Rata says, well, and we cut to the present where Jin, Osamu, and Yuma meet up with uh, Rega and Rata again. And they meet, they meet the Tamakoma 2 guys. And they said, yeah, we'll take on your deal. Uh, we'll team up with you guys. Here's all the information on the neighboring, on the other uh, after Kotor vassal states. So... You know, that would be cool. And um, Nice. To verify... They the- betrayed their own people to someone they met real soon. <laughs> but it made sense to do. And they was like, I mean, all we could just smoke y'all niggas right now. Well, they also revealed that apparently, like, after Kator conquered Gallipola, it's not a friendly relationship. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it's... No, yeah. they have incentive to. It's yeah. just kind of, you know, realistically... Well, all right. To put it simply... Things worked out very, very well, mm-hmm. which means that, you know, I think there's going to be a whole lot of conflict coming pretty soon. This is, I think this is one of those chapters and one of these plot points that's not really going to see a lot of fruition until much later. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like during, I'll be honest, I can see this being a situation where they come in to assist like characters in a fighting situation. There's something going on, and you know, kind of Naruto esque. Yeah, that's yeah, what no. I was thinking. It was like this is their village hidden in the sand, where they come. Yeah, into this the village it's pretty cool. Sand. Yeah, they hidden in a different neighborhood though. Yeah, so the yeah, term- that's how, that's my niggas from the other side, yo. <laughs> so they the- put in mad work. Watch them pull up. You can't jump us. <laughs> we can't. <Let> me stop. <laughs> <laughs> the terms for their agreement are like he basically confirms that Jin can see the future. Uh, he gives them this communication device that um, they can communicate with each other without being spied on by other by after Kator or anything. Um, and they basically rely on each other. If you need help, you come. We we'll come help you. If you need help, we'll come. If we need help, you'll come help us. And uh, so Jin gives the communication device over to Osamu, and he's like, "Well, I can't go on the away mission because now that we have information on the other." vassal states we ca- it's better for me to hang back and protect uh meeting in case anybody just comes by and tries to fuck shit up so yeah i'm better served here and um osama's like okay and they're basically the represent the representatives for uh to gallipola so he t- he turns over and um you know they they just dis- they just separate and he turns over to uh this guy and be like uh to Jin and is like, why? Why am I representing it? Why am I representing you guys? Why me? And Jin and <laughs> Yuma's like, maybe he thinks it will win. Maybe he thinks we'll pass the fucking away exam. And uh, Jin's like, I actually don't know which if you guys are gonna pass or not. It could go either way. So listen, man. Whether you're going to win mission or not, but now you have a reason to really try, huh? Yeah, and uh, like, that's like, not reassuring. But okay. Uh, well, thank <laughs> How God. How does Jin not know though? Jin can't see a for sure. Future. Well, it's it's not. Yeah, it's, he sees possible situations that could lead down the road to other things. Yeah, Jin sees a oh, lot yeah. of alternate futures that he has to. Part of what keeps his power from being broken is that he has to, in order to, he has to make the future he wants happen. 
So he has to take the necessary steps possible in order to reach the most equitable future for him. Yeah, out of the ones available, mm-hmm. are that are possible. Yeah, uh, it's really it's really a cool mechanic. Uh, I really, it's very mysterious. Yeah, it's balanced clairvoyance. That's cool. It's refreshing mm-hmm. to see something like that. So, unlike with Marvel or DC, where they make up their own rules with the same character from, for each story to make it seem fit, you know, pretty much. Um, so apparently, Yuma reveals that he wasn't lying about much, but he did lie about one thing the very first his thing. name, yeah. And we cut back to the Gallipola ship where they're basically like, Yeah, we, we formed an alliance, we're with the Tomacoma kids now. And it's revealed that although Gatlin is the captain of the squad. At the end of the day, the final word is Rata's because apparently he is secretly Okan Orkan Marduk. The Marduk? Fourth, yeah, Galapola's fourth prince and a fugitive. So, next. Interesting. So, very next chapter, I guess we're going to get into the final away mission test. So, For the away mission test. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, All right. I'm so excited. This was my certified really good chapter. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. Um, honestly, these, I'm not going to say World Trigger has been lackluster. It just hasn't been that hype since the fight settled down. You know, this is more just kind of world building and story building. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it just hasn't been as interesting as the other things going on. I mean, One Piece is in the middle of a crazy arc. Yeah. And honestly, so is My Hero Academia. You know, World Trigger, when it gets into, when it, when it, when it builds a rhythm and momentum, it'll be right back on top for me. Yeah. I mean, I just love the, the magnitude of the things that were revealed and how they were revealed. It was just like, just like oh yeah, Raijimaru is like the strongest thing on our planet. And Yotaro is a secret prince. I did like it. I like that. I'm a fan of how they world build here. Here, It's like a little piece yeah. by piece. It's very interesting. I'm very intrigued by World Trigger's world in general. So it's always fun to really learn a, a lot about it. But um, yeah, uh, that was World Trigger. And that has been our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, thank you for welcoming us back. I hope you all find us again and we get our subscribers that we lost. But, uh, you know, here's hoping we find each other again. But uh, you can find me at the Chris Espinal at JD Cole underscore 37 at B.ESP on Twitter and Instagram. Follow the show itself at New Jump City on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Drum Foo, our theme song guy, at Drum underscore Foo. Email us at NewJumpCityPod at gmail.com with any questions, suggestions, anything you guys want to talk about. And uh, I think that's it. Thank you guys so much for listening. We love you. Take care and stay safe, New Jump citizens. Thank you.